Welcome, friends. Last guy here, and it's time for basically a podcast with Two Prime. Hey, what's up, Scarf? I'm really happy to be here. Thank <laughs> you for telling me on your podcast. Okay. All right. So Two Prime is a man who will take the shit, uh, the piss out of everything. I already put the. All right. Okay, we're. I already cursed. Damn it. Right. <laughs> we. It's going off to a good start. So this is a man. Who has made an interesting channel? Look up Two Prime T O O P R I M E. I'll just have the link in the description. What am I doing? He has seven videos, and these are—they take the pass. <laughs> they're 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 expertly made shit posting. That's what they are. Really, what they are. And the most popular one, of course, is, is AMV Anime Babes. You had to put parody on it. 411,000 views on that. How did that happen? Uh, let's see. Uh, basically, for many years, I had wrote, written really bad amateur music. And, uh, okay, do you know that thing where, like, um, Okay, there's kind of like the joy of teaching something, like discovering something yourself, even if it's like common knowledge. Yeah. Like if you if you were on an island and you discovered that two plus two equals four, like that's actually pretty hard to figure out if you're like living on an island and no one's ever taught you anything. Mm -hmm. You know, like human beings went thousands of years without having the concept of zero uh, or what a virus is and things like that. So, like, for better or worse, I've had a really bad musical career where I refuse to look things up. And I should have, like, just read a book on music theory and music composition, like, 100 years ago. <laughs> but I don't know. I've I have, I just had a fun time, like, I swear to God, it took me, like, I was just, like, writing bad songs for, like, a month and, or, like, a month or two. And I realized you could, um, I think I figured out chord inversions or something. I forget if that's even the right term. But I was like, man, like... I discovered two plus two equals four. Yay. <laughs> and I, if I could have just read a book and it wouldn't have been that hard. Um, it's funny. I, at one point, I, this is also in college. I did flash animation briefly. And once again, it took me like a month to figure out what keyframing was, which once again, if you wow. just had read a book or any tutorial, it would have been really obvious that that's what to do. But I was just like, no, I'm just going to draw one picture after another. Uh, and then after a month, I'm like, oh, no, keyframing is way better. I'm, I'm totally wrong. <laughs> um but uh wow. no so I, I was writing bad music and at some point um i wanted to make bad music videos and where i mostly just um steal stock footage from things and um i was making a song making fun of waifuism where people are uh, attracted want to have uh monog exclusive monogamous relationships with anime women and basically i spent too much time on it like i had okay sometimes you like have an idea and it seems like a good idea and you keep like going down the logical steps of like well okay if i'm doing this then i should do this thing next and it ends up in some place you didn't expect it to be nor wanted it to be um so i was like oh making fun of waifus that's easy that makes sense and then at some point, I'm like, oh, do you know what I should do? I should hire a voice actress that has like an anime girl voice. That'd be really funny. And then I do that. And then I'm like, 
God. Uh, for a video game I made with my friend, I hired ProZD to be the announcer. That was my only experience in hiring voice actors before. And I don't know if he does this anymore because I don't know, maybe he's in a union now or something. But at the time, I just emailed ProZD. I was like, hey, how much does it cost for you to read this? And he's like, I don't know, this much. I'm like, okay, done. And it was easy. And I was like, I'll just email, like, there's a bunch of, like, there's actually a bunch of people that do, like, covers of rap songs and anime girl voices already. Oh. Like, I could just email them and they'll say yes. And no, because I'm guessing that if you're, like, a girl with an anime girl voice, you get a lot of creepy-ass commissions requests all the time. So it was weird. I'm like, hey, do you want, like, 150 bucks to do 30 minutes of work? And everyone's like, nah. And I'm like, like, okay. Um, so at some point I went to like some voice actress website and I found some voice actress and it cost way too much money to have her just read some random and say basically have some anime ad libs and like sing the chorus or whatever. And so that cost a bunch of money. And then she was really slow. And at some point I like just had invested too much time and too much energy into this like shit post of a song. And um, so, you know, it happens with everything. I eventually finished it and I put it out there and no one watched it. And I was annoyed by this because no normally what I want to do is just put it out there. No one likes it. And then I just like pretend like it doesn't exist and move on with my life. Um, but I felt like I had invested too much time and money and effort into this stupid song. And I was like, all right, I need to um, I need to like divorce the half of me that is embarrassed that I made this and just like pretend like some third person made this. And my whole job is that I'm a marketer now <laughs> and I want this video to get attention. And um, and like, you know, I don't know, like maybe this is my own arrogance, but, you know, hypothetically, I, I like to at least you know, for my own ego, I like to believe like, hey, if I put 100% into something, I could do it. Most things aren't worth putting 100% into. Um, but hey, you know, if I really want to get promote this dumb video, I can. Um, so one of the things I tried was, um, okay, the, the initial idea was like, let's just post it on Reddit or something. And but like, I don't know, Reddit's stupid. And you also I don't know, they're weirdly judgmental about posting your own stuff. Yeah, um, and I, I was just, no I was just noticing like, there's a, just a trend of like, you can't say, Hey, I made this thing. I hope you guys really like it. Uh, yeah, it has to be some weird gimmick, you know? Um, and so well, I, was, I decided I was going to wait and think of a gimmick. Uh, and in the meantime, there's some promote button on YouTube. Like you can promote your video. I'm like, what's that mean? I don't know. Let's press yeah. it. And you, so it just leads you to AdSense where you can basically pay to have your video show up as an ad on YouTube. Oh. And I'm like, that's that's stupid. And also, like, this is a video telling people to masturbate to anime girls as a joke. That'd be <laughs> really weird if that was an ad. Um, so I so I like paid them five dollars a day. Like, yeah, show it to some people. And I think they ended up just like exclusively showing it to like non English speakers. So like it got a bunch of views, but like no comments and no one actually watched it. Yeah. Um, at some point I bothered to dig into their like their targeting. I'm like, all right, give me 18 to 25 year olds watching edgy and bizarre content at three in the morning is what I eventually focused it to. And at that point, I basically exclusively got comments like, what the hell is this? How was this? And I was just watching a normal video and this <laughs> ad comes up. 
telling me that real girls are gross and anime girls are the only way to true happiness. Um, so wow. I just had a bunch of comments like that. Now, that wasn't giving me a lot of views or anything, but it did give me a lot of funny comments. And then I realized that that was my gimmick to get it on Reddit, where once again, if I said, hey, guys, I worked really hard. I hope you like this. No one will care. So I spent a weird amount of time thinking of the stupid title. It was like, I paid to have my weirdest video shown at three in the morning. And now the comments are nothing but people freaking out about it <laughs> um, was the title I came up with. And it was pretty good. Like, I thought it was good in the sense of it doesn't even say what the video is. Um, and even if you if you think the video sucks, I feel like you kind of are imagining the schadenfreude of someone being surprised by this video at three in the morning. Um, so. And then some people ended up liking it non-ironically. So that went relatively high on um, whatever our videos or whatever. And that's where most of the views came from. And I was very pleased with myself for about the two days. There was a bunch of people watching it. And I narcissistically read all the comments. And then... Um, and then... Uh... Sorry, and so then, and then, okay, so what happened was, uh, I think, I don't know, I wonder what would have happened if I hadn't made it an advertisement, but um, because it was an advertisement, I think it got shown to people that shouldn't have been watching it, so I think it got reported and it got set to being adult only, uh. which I somewhat, I somewhat disagree with, like, I'm not actually <laughs> into anime, I'm not actually into anime babes, so I wasn't like, I was actually going for relatively conservative shots, uh, if that makes sense, Um <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of messed up about that video, but like, I don't know. I, I didn't, I wasn't going with like the boobs in the face shots, if that makes sense. I, um, I had to trigger warning that video though, just thinking about it now. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I see videos, I, I don't know. I've noticed it now. Sometimes I see videos that are like total BS and I'm like, how is this not adult only? And usually it's probably just because it's not popular enough. But yeah, maybe yeah. I could have put a warning on it. Who knows? But, but um, I, I I just realized just thinking about it now, just like anyone who actually watches it, if you're not a fan of, well, it gives it away a little bit, but there's suicide in there. So if you're not a fan of that, just don't watch it then. But it's an, yeah. it's an amazing shit post. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't actually want to like trigger anyone with things. I mean, I don't know. I've shown that video to people I know that have tried to commit suicide and they've hmm. been fine with it. Okay. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to, I don't know. I mean, like, here's the thing. If I did that, I don't know. If someone actually, like, was triggered by stuff like that and they watched that video and it made them uh, feel bad or whatnot, I mean, I don't know. I would feel pretty bad about it. But usually I just hear about it in the context of, um, uh, in the context of usually other people being sensitive about it for other people, but like them themselves don't have a problem with it, if that makes sense. True, true. Yeah. In inclusion, it's probably good. It's adult only. You know, <laughs> also that video is messed up enough where hopefully people turn away. Uh, you know, not that not, I'm not tooting its own horn, but like, I don't know. I was trying to, I don't know, it make things for a non-child audience. Like mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to pull punches. Yeah. Like, a lot of people think that that ending is the best part of the video, and I could see how it's somewhat borderline. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so the, what ended up happening was a bunch of people watched it from Reddit and it was very popular for like two days. 
and then it went back to zero again because I did not realize at the time that if you're marked as adult, that most YouTube views come from the robots on YouTube recommending it to people. Hmm. And if you're marked as adult only, it'll basically never get recommended to anyone. So it was very weird where I got like a quarter of a million views in like a week. And then I went back to like basically nothing again. Um, And at some point, okay, I'm kind of old. So maybe I'd say like I'm too old to understand this, but apparently there are famous YouTube commenters. And so at some point, Justin Y liked my video. And he doesn't make videos, but he has playlists of videos he likes. And he put it in one of his playlists of great videos. And it's still there. And that is the only way I get any views is basically people discovering it via that playlist, Um, which now all the comments that were like, wow, this was an advertisement have been replaced with like Justin Y sent me. Thanks, Justin Y, (laughs) which is, you know, whatever. I'm happy for Justin Y, too. It is kind of weird when, um, you know, those like atheist memes where uh, it's like, you know, oh, I was in a coma and then I was saved. Thank you. know, God saved me. And the atheist like crosses their hands and is like, don't you mean the doctors that saved you? Hmm. Um, And so sometimes I feel like a doctor in an atheist meme where like I made this video and everyone's thanking Justin Y for it, Hmm. Um, which to be fair, they've only seen it because Justin Y showed it to them. But sometimes it's just I don't know. It is an annoyance for sure. I'm sure doctors like, you want me to just undo the surgery that saved your life because you are annoying me right now with thanking God and not me right now. Whatever. People, <laughs> people can think, you know, it's just, uh, uh, but anyway, no, I've, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've personally, I think I direct, I don't know, I think I direct message Justin Y on Reddit once or twice. I'm just like, hey, thanks for being the only reason I get any views on any of these videos. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I feel like 40k is pretty good for an adult only video because I did not realize how screwed I how much I screwed myself. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I mean, that's just like, uh, I don't know. But at this point, I think I make one video a year and it's pretty fun just for like the five people that are into it <laughs> that are very excited that I'm still alive. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, maybe I mean, I'm okay. The only thing that uh, that is bad about this experience is sometimes I'll click on bad YouTube videos and I'll be annoyed at how successful they are, where it's just like, here's a hilarious parody rap about video games. I'm like, man, how the hell does this have four million views? This is dumb. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. Like, I don't I don't know. I don't really want to chase that dragon either. Like, I want to get popular on YouTube. Let's like make it for eight year olds now. Like, nah, who cares? Like, uh. I rather die in obscure. Like I don't know. I mean, I like as much as I don't like. I mean, they're not like the highest quality things in the world. But like, I like I like their non punch pulley. I don't like how they're not pulling punches. At least mm-hmm. uh, aggressively weird they are. Yeah, they are amazing in their own right. Uh, how about this? Like, you showed me your videos, mm-hmm. and I was like, what the f-? like. Just go with the main one, anime page. 400,000 views. Just watching it, I'm like, alright, okay, he's arguing that waifus are the way to go, alright, okay. And then the chorus hits, like, oh my god. Oh my god. And then when you get to the end point, with all the suicide stuff, I'm like, holy sh... Like, it's, it's, an, it's such a crazy progression. It works. I, I mean, I feel like I didn't make that up. I mean, like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, 
I don't think I read it anymore, but like it was an anime IRL. The subreddit is like nothing but suicide jokes. I feel like I wasn't yeah. picking on the anime community. I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah, because yeah. I've because you that they're straight that straight up is a meme of you end your life, you'll end up in the anime afterlife or whatever. Yeah, I think I thing. like the visual imaging accompanying that section is a picture of that meme. Yeah, like yeah, like. Yeah, so actually, sometimes, if anything, the most borderline stuff in the videos are not things I'm saying. They're, like, references uh, to things. And I feel like if people... Anyway. In conclusion, <laughs> uh, if I say something in any of those videos, it's the opposite of my actual opinion. Because mm-hmm. everything I say on on its face is literally horrible. Yes, it's incredibly horrible. It's, it's, an, it's amazing shitposting. It's amazing shitposting. It's... It, it's... It's just, there's something about it which is just impressive that someone's willing to say these things. Did you know that um, one time, uh, relatively early, there was someone who, I guess, was a former waifuist? And I'm assuming that this person had some kind of um, uh, some kind of issue that I'm not going to speculate on. But they like if you're like actually looking at a a message for that video, it's clearly against waifuism because it's making fun of it. Yeah. That said, I don't know. Like. I don't know, like I wouldn't recommend waifuism to people, but if that's what made them happy, then I guess it's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think it's the ideal way to go, but uh, made that penguin happy. Yeah, the penguin was happy. The penguins in the video. Um, Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the uh, yeah, sometimes people ask like, oh, you should make another one. I'm like, I exhausted I exhausted every single reference I can make like mm-hmm. it, that. That thing is needlessly four verses long. Um, but uh, oh, OK, so if anything, that video is against waifuism. And I think that person, I don't know, could only just interpret things literally or maybe they were doing an elaborate joke, but it seemed like too much work to be an elaborate joke. Um, mm-hmm. He commented on every single comment about how waifuism is bad and it'll lead you to go to hell wow and like he wrote a lot a lot of them were copy and pasted but a lot of them were different comments and i like tried to explain to him that this is not a pro waifuism video (laughs) and he couldn't get it and um i don't know okay i will say actually one one great thing about youtube and negative comments is um about half the time people with negative comments uh, have their own YouTube channel where they post them their face and themselves talking, and it's really it. I kind of confirms all the stereotypes I've ever had that like the mean comments are written by insane people. And just watching a video of them is like, oh yeah, this is an insane fourteen year old. I shouldn't be offended at all by their mean comment. Because um, like I don't know, I feel like don't you like kind of project that everyone on the internet is you, and then like roughly at your like same age and life experience, and so when they say something dumb. It's kind of like, like, I, I like, like intellectually, I know it's probably not that way, but I yeah. don't know. For some reason, I just kind of assume that emotionally. And it's very comforting to just see like, wow, this video sucks <laughs> and go to their channel. And it's just like, hey, guys, I'm 12 years old. And I'm playing Minecraft. This video has one view and it's from it's from me. You know, like, I don't know. It's, it's just confer- Oh, yeah, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's I think once you're on the internet long enough, some things do get faceless. 
but some things are you you put attributes to things uh, yeah I think you, for me it's I just it's I try not to make assumptions but the assumptions happen anyway and unfortunately at this point the assumption is oh it's just a dipshit <laughs> there was okay there was another person who also was probably crazy there was someone who um, kept messaging me about how I need to take down the video and stop advertising it to people. And I kept trying to like understand what his problem was. And I would like try and be nice to him. I, would, I don't know. I was doing a bad job where I was kind of good cop, bad copping myself. Or sometimes I would be like annoyed with him and like argue with him. And other times I'd be like trying to connect with him on a human level to understand like what his motivation for hmm. harassing me about this was. Hmm. And I kid you not, it was so weird. Um, he like I think he posted it on like cringe anarchy and um and like everyone there just thought it was kind of funny um but uh but yeah it's okay he came out as like um he was really an anime fan and he thought i was making anime fans look bad and he was false flagging as a non-anime fan harassing me about it like at some point he literally said this to me and like sent me a link to his like uh like how much his like one of those like anime fan websites where you catalog every anime you've ever watched to like i don't know it was so weird i didn't i don't know <laughs> that's fascinating in a weird way that is so weird i don't know not, not it, generally stuff hasn't really happened those those were the two weirdest ones from posting that video but that is so weird though like wow that's odd. That's, that's 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 just odd. That's just they're trying. I feel like they're trying to play five D chess. They're trying to play five D chess. It just feels well, like it. Well, it was funny where I I made that video and you know, originally I was just kind of thinking of it as like making fun of anime, but like I don't like I don't I don't know. I I, I mean I anime. I mean I've watched some anime. I really like One Punch Man and might own all the mangas, but like generally, uh, you know, I don't know having anime be your identity i find to be a little weird but once again you know people can be themselves it's fine um but uh at some point i was making this and i'm like at this point it, there's too much anime in this video where i really need anime fans to like it like there's too many <laughs> references to anime where i hope anime fans are self-loathing enough to like this video and i was actually really happy when like i think it got reposted on an the anime subreddit and they liked it and uh, wow. I was actually pretty happy. At some point, I was originally like, I'm like, I don't know, my initial conception maybe wasn't as kind as it should have been. But by the time I was done with it, I'm like, I sure hope anime fans like this video. Uh, <laughs> the but yeah, OK, in terms of us saying like the project kind of snowballed on me, um, I I got that voice actress, which was more of a pain in the butt than I realized. And so at some point, I'm trying to like make the video. And at this point, like it took her so long, like, I wrote like an extra verse and blah 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 and at some point this video is really long and like cutting together four minutes of anime footage is a real pain in the butt and um the thing that saved my life is i think i like downloaded some random episode of an anime and was like scanning for usable footage and i realized oh yeah anime is super cheap and it's just like static heads with their lip flaps going yeah and none of this is like worthy of being in like a music video and 
Because, like, I was looking up other AMVs. Okay, the real issue was I found myself making an AMV. And I'm like, what's gone wrong with my life? This is never something I wanted to ever do. <laughs> and, um, you know, you look at random AMVs on YouTube, and they brag about how many months it took them to make it. Because they're, like, strip mining an anime second by second for any good footage. Hmm. And, um, and I did not want to do that. And the big thing that saved my life was I realized that uh, the opening credits and closing credits of animes are basically music videos. And so it's got like fresh animation that isn't static and is generally higher quality. And the only thing holding me back was the credits all over them. And I realized yeah. you could Google creditless anime openings. And that is a goldmine of fresh anime footage that you can mine relatively easily. So I think I made that video in like a super rough weekend, but it like it wasn't like months or anything. Wow. Uh, and uh, it's also funny because now it's full of animes that I don't know because uh, <laughs> it just has like, here's a girl in a robot suit doing things. I'm like, great. It's in the move. It's in the video now. It's like, what show is it from? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I think I went back and actually wrote down, like looked it up just so I could answer people's questions because they're like, who's that girl at 123? I'm like, I have no idea. I, <laughs> it looks like some trash animated me. I just it just it fit the footage. I put it in there. I don't know. <laughs> funny that is funny but i don't know how, how to word this i feel like there is a lot to learn from this conversation already there's just uh advertising stuff also just the commenters you can get and personally i find this very useful information also just yeah if i want to do an amv just use the openers because i never thought about that because there's always the credits on them but you can get credit list. That's impressive. Uh, I didn't even know that was. I didn't know this thing until I talked to you. I did not know that was a thing. Like, well, that's kind of useful because there's some pretty sick things you can see, uh, slick things you can see in anime openings that could be really it's, useful. It saved my life. That video would be impossible to make. Like, I explained that to people, and they like. It's funny. People will watch it and they'll like not even realize it's just shots from openers. <laughs> like occasionally, occasionally I put in something that I actually knew. Like I make some Yaoi reference. And I just cut to that like scene of Sasuke and Naruto kissing because I'm aware of that one. Like I dug up that one in particular. That's not from an opening. But um, everything else is like, like what I had a lot of time to fill. Um, so I just, you know, took footage from openers. What did I learn? I think. Um, yeah, OK. I don't know. Anime. I think, OK, from like just scanning that. Have you ever heard like. Um, uh, have you ever people talk about like male gaze in cinema? No, it's uh, it's not. I'm not I'm not necessarily sure if I'm totally on board with this concept, but it's like um, I think it's like a like some kind of uh, I don't know. It's like it's like the camera in movies or something will kind of have a. Um, like an objectifying perspective of the women it shoots. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm a guy, so maybe I don't notice it. Generally, that like, uh, maybe there's some examples that make sense. Like, I'm sure, you know, I don't know, maybe Quentin Tarantino and Feet or something like that. You know what I mean? Where, uh, so, it, but this, as a guy, it's not something I necessarily notice too much. I don't know. I mean, I do notice, like, like, I don't know. I don't really care when HBO shows, when there's just, like, needlessly gratuitous sex scenes that don't, like, advance the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't necessarily view it from like a, a man was filming this perspective necessarily. But I remember when I was making that video, I'm like, man, 
this is maybe the one time I've noticed, man, there's some male ass gays in these videos. <laughs> like, uh, it, it was funny where like, uh, I like, like I said, I was like, I don't know. I didn't like want that video to be hot. If that makes sense. Like I wanted there to be anime women in it, but I wasn't like, yeah, I didn't want it to be the gratuitous. I didn't want the audience to be like, like sometimes videos are like, yeah, I'm into this. And so are you. And I'm, I'm like, I don't like it when they have that vibe to it. And I basically cut every shot that was like that, where it was just like, man, here are these tits in your face. I'm like, I'm not putting this in here. I'm not. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it's interesting you say that because uh, also because you're a fan of One Punch Man. There's mm -hmm. so little of that in One Punch Man, which is kind of refreshing. All you get is Tatsumaki, uh, Fubuki, but she's not even in this, the show yet for me. I know she's going to get ridiculous eventually. Well, so it's funny you mentioned this because the uh, currently on the One Punch Man subreddit, they're talking about how the last manga chapter is borderline hentai. Oh, but, uh, you know, OK, the thing with One Punch Man is apparently um, OK, so One Punch Man is a bit of a sausage fest. Yeah, it really uh, is. which I'm kind of OK with because normally, you know, like like I find My Hero Academia creepy with how it treats its 15 year old uh, cast of characters. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but what's interesting is apparently One Punch Man has a lot of, um, female fans in Japan. And so there's kind of a, from my perspective, kind of a homoerotic vibe to One Punch Man, where there's a lot of like really beautifully muscular dudes in skin tight shirts. <laughs> and so there is like, there is some chapters where like, you know, uh, a blizzard or Fabuki is yeah in some nonsensical skin tight dresses um but uh i i don't know i do kind of like it is i feel like it is equal opportunity of everybody is a skin tight superhero who clothes like somehow dips into their belly button even though that doesn't make any sense like it just kind of has an overall um like every character is sexy vibe to it that i'm kind of okay with if that makes sense yeah because, uh, well, well, yeah, My Hero Academia, which I enjoy a lot, it is not great at times when the 15-year-old the characters are pretty sexualized. <laughs> not good. I think, I think I realized I really like All Might, and I don't, I, I, I mean, I kind of stopped watching at some point, but I feel like, uh, I don't know, isn't the show, like, moving away from All Might? Like, I feel like All Might's yeah. story was told, and now he's just, like, in a support role, which... and I just... Yeah, I miss him because he he's he's retired. Uh, he retires in the show. He he retires in the story eventually, and so it's not about him anymore, which is too bad because he's such an amazing part of it. But you get like so it's interesting at the same time because it is interesting to see this great character and him passing the torch because the story you rarely see I think mm -hmm. is uh, greatness then the torch passing and just Yo, someone man. else taking it up. Remember when Goku came back in the Boo arc? <laughs> What if All Might came back and it just became uh, about All Might again? You know, what's amazing is people complain about that. I was like, it's Gohan's time, and then Goku just takes it back. And at the same time, I would be 100% fine with All Might taking it back. Which is messed up. I, I'm a big fan of Gohan and Goku, too. I don't know. I It's messed up, but at the same time, I would not have a problem with All Might just being super again. like Because he's yeah. just a great character. I think there's a lot of characters where they're like really mm. powerful, but you never get to see them at their full power. And they're, I don't know they're, it's like a trope. I feel like where they're kind of likable. Like, um, do you remember like the blonde Spider-Man in into the spider verse? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, um... Like, the Peter Parker who died? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, it's Boy. just funny, because, like, I mean, from a story perspective, he has to die, so they they just kind of make him per- the perfect version of Spider-Man. Yeah. Just like, I'm an ideal hero. I'm 28 in grad school. I married Mary Jane, and everything's going <laughs> great. I'm just like, man, this guy seems awesome. Like, he has to die because he's too good. Like, you can't have this character ruining... There's no pathos with this guy, but he's cool. Too bad he died, you know? Yeah. Like, that is a story that would be interesting just seeing Miles raised by the perfect Spider-Man. But, no, he had to die, which is, dang it, too bad. And then he gets raised by a has-been Spider-Man, which is still not bad, because it, it gives that guy a story arc as well. Like, I th- you say uh, Spider-Man 2 is the best Marvel movie of all time. I like Spider-Verse might be my favorite Marvel movie of all time. Uh... It was, I mean, I, so, I mean, a lot of people really, really like it. I mean, there are parts of it I liked. I just wasn't like crazy blown away as mm. everyone else. Um, the, uh, I will, okay. They were doing that thing where they were like, weren't they like 12 frame rating that movie? Like there's something about yeah. it that's weird. They did a different frame rate to make it more comic-y in a way. Yeah. That's, it was just to find that distracting. It just made it look cheap. I agree. It did. It was a, like, First time in, it's always distracting, and then eventually your brain goes like, okay, we're used to it now. But yeah, uh, when you just first dip in, it's always weird, yeah. That, like, I don't know. Like, I get the joke, but, like, I feel like also that pig and that anime girl were a little much. <laughs> in terms of just, like, uh, you know, making it more like a parody than, like, the story it was telling. I know f- um, uh, fans of Penny Parker hated that version of her, because she's, <laughs> she's an actual character. Yeah, and not just that, like, Kawhi! You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then D- Spider Pig, though, is that Spider Pig, as far as I know. Like, these are actual comic books, which yeah, is yeah. so, which is interesting, but it's also like, what the fuck? Uh, random thing aside is John Mulaney, because he was the voice of Spider Pig. Mm-hmm. Is It was a secret project. They just told him, be at this place, you're going to do some voice lines. He meets Nicolas Cage, and he's like, what the hell are we working on? What the hell? And he does all these lines. They tell him, "Okay, so you're you're a cartoon pig," and apparently there's a bunch of just uh, scenes of him just saying the f word and other things because he thought it was like a more adult cartoon because mm-hmm. he does like what big mouth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of cuts of just him cursing. He's like, "God, no! <laughs> we said you. We told you to let loose so you can be funny, not so you can just curse all day." The Okay, I mean, this is a minor thing. Uh, maybe just because I don't follow Spider-Man that much. Yeah. yeah. But like, um, who's the big bad guy in that? Like the mobster-looking dude. Uh, Kingpin. Kingpin. So, is Kingpin supposed to be super strong? I thought he was supposed to just be like a fat mobster. Yeah, he. I think the idea is because he's so fat and able to move around in it, it made him strong. Okay. Because he's just they- got all that fat weight. It was just thing. weird. When, it was just weird when he was having like a legit fight at the end. And not I'm getting like, winded. Yeah, I was like, yo, is, is Kingpin, like, is he, like, powerful? I don't know what's happening here. Um, like, I don't know. Also, like, yo, his mm. character design was a little too exaggerated for me. Mm. Like, um, he's supposed to be, like, I guess, like, a sumo wrestler. Like, sumo wrestlers can be ridiculous. So mm. I guess that's kind of, like, what he is, kind of. Okay, yeah, I mean, you can be fat and strong at the same time. I just yeah. wasn't, like, I, I don't know, it just seemed weird. I, what I, mean, I found interesting is just the different character designs they had across the board. 
Like I thought, I thought that was at least cool. Where we get one kingpin. We also actually, yeah, not the biggest fan of the Green Goblin in that universe. We, I think, we see another version of Green Goblin as well from another I universe. Thought, maybe this was just random. I thought the best parts were when they just quickly flash back to like the people's backstories. Yeah. Um, like uh, over the hill Spider Man's backstory was super funny. Um. Regan, uh, T.J. Miller. Yeah, there was uh, a what? Sorry, I watched that movie. Uh, never mind. Never mind. I watched well, yeah, it too I, many I, times. Um, I only watched it once, but in the theater. But... Like that, currently you watch this forty-two times a meme. I've watched that forty-two times, probably. I I watched Into the Spider Verse too many times. I've watched. Okay, what are some movies you've watched too many times? I've watched Into the Spider Verse. What about you? Just go back. And um. Forth. Okay. The way. Right. No, it's gonna be hard. So like. It's weird. We're like, I'll like have certain movies that are like my favorite movies ever. And I've literally watched them once. Huh. Um, but okay, like generally I, when I rewatch movies is like when I'm dating someone and Ooh. I want, it's like a good opportunity to be like, Oh, here's movies I like, like, let's watch them together. Like you watch them for the first time. I'll watch them again. Is like the main context when I would rewatch a movie. Yeah. Like, um, like, okay, like, I don't watch a ton of movies, but, like, when I do, I tend to watch, like, really pretentious movies <laughs> so I can be, like, more, like, culturally well-rounded. <laughs> okay. So, like, like, okay, for example, I watched an Ingmar Bergman movie called Persona from 1966, and I think that's a really great movie. Hmm. But that's not, like, that's not, like, a casual movie to watch. That's, like, a 100% of your attention kind of thing. Hmm. Um... While like, you know, I don't know, I've been rewatching Community because people are doing that for some reason and Community's great. And, you know, I can watch it, but I can also play chess while watching Community at the same time. Yeah. Um, but uh, movies I watch too much. Uh, I've watched Scanner Darkly a bunch. Uh, I've watched the greatest Star Wars, I, just to ruin your podcast. I've watched the greatest Star Wars <laughs> film of all time, The Last Jedi. Oh, my God. A couple times, several times. Uh, I bought the is. DVD to spite people. <laughs> I was at uh. a wedding, and we were having, like, a delightful brunch after the wedding. And I accidentally mentioned I liked The Last Jedi, and two guys got in a fight with me about it. And I derailed the entire brunch <laughs> fighting about The Last Jedi. <laughs> And to be fair, uh, you know, there are many arguments why people don't like The Last Jedi. Their argument was because it was against men, which is one of the worst arguments. Mm, Uh, And I I bought, you know, I really like that movie and I didn't have like I don't usually buy Blu-rays, but I bought the Blu-ray and I saw one of those guys later and I like, hey, look what I got. (laughs) Oh, that is that's great. That's funny. That is the power of spite. Spite is strong. Oh man, just okay. We're going into this. Last Jedi is a good movie. I don't. It's it's not a bad movie. It's a good movie. It's great. It's good. Uh, my okay, 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 okay. Real quick, just because it'll lead back to it. How did you and I meet? We we took an improv class mm-hmm. independently. We just both took this improv class to meet girls. There were Are no you- girls. Okay, so on one hand, this is true. On the other hand, just to defend myself. <laughs> Wait, did you really think there were going to be girls there? No, 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 no. Okay, It right. was, I hope there's girls, but this should be fun, and it should help me with my YouTube career. 
my my friend suggested like when I was complaining about girls like normal like maybe you should try and meet more girls in real life maybe you could go to an improv class and I was like <laughs> man there are gonna be no girls there like uh but just like the chances of just like uh you know someone in your general demographic who happens to like you is just so low and it's like oh that's like a lot of money and a long commitment to just roll the dice on will there be girls at this improv group but, like that said I think like if you got super into improv and like integrated yourself in the community, like, yeah, you probably could make, you know, you have a decent chance of like at least making friends. Yeah. But like, yo, but like, it's a really big commitment to just suggest But anyway, the, but yeah. So like, I, I think after that, I was like, I should maybe do that. Although going for girls would be stupid. And it was more just in the back of my mind. It's like, yeah, see, there's no girls here. That was a sharp. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Here you go. Oh, okay, yeah. just mentioning it. There were girls. They were all in their eighties. Um, it and then there was okay. okay well, like no. married okay, okay, with okay. three kids. Yeah, married with three kids, without naming names. Like I still remember all their names because of that game we did. But uh, married with three kids, also married, eighty years old, sixty years old, probably. <laughs> just nowhere in the realm where we could date anyone. And we did this improv thing, and improv was really fun. I enjoyed it a lot, and we had some pretty good sketches together—not sketches, but setups together. And we did our big show at the end, and I, mine were amazing. I, I will say mine were amazing. Yours was miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you hated you so much. But after the show, everyone's just hanging out and talking, and it was like maybe like eight or seven—I forget. Because uh, they were doing other shows too, and we were just talking, and it was a big group was talking, and then it got smaller, and it got smaller, and then it was just you and me talking. And for some, uh, this random in thing happened was someone comes up to us and asks for dog food. That was weird. Yeah, that was weird. So I was like, uh, "Can you get some dog food for our dog? Like we, our car broke down or something like that." I'm like, uh, "All right, well they're not asking for money. <laughs> Let's go get some dog food." We walked to a Walgreens or CVS or something like that, a Rite Aid, one of those. They're, they're all the same thing. One of those, we got them dog food, and then we just talked for like two to three more hours inside the Rite Aid. It was and, cold. Yes, it was. So that that was the thing. And it was like one in the morning, I'm like, all right, okay, we've talked for like six hours. I'm pretty sure we'll talk again. So like, you know, I'll just call you tomorrow or we'll hang out sometime. And mm-hmm. that's what happened. But we talked about so many things. And at some point we got to star Wars. And fortunately we were on the same page on star Wars mm-hmm. where it's just like the last Jedi is a good movie. It's a good movie. I don't, I don't understand the people who are so mad about it. I, I have so much family who hated it. They're like, it's dog shit. I'm like, I'm not going to argue with you cause you family, but what? They just, I, there's so many different arguments, and some are like, okay, fine, I, I, that's not bad. But the the woman hate the man hating one is such a bad argument. It's so I, bad. I yeah, I don't need to recount the whole thing, but <laughs> yeah, those I don't, I don't know. They found like they hated the pink haired lady, and like, if you want to go from like a macho perspective, like I actually thought it was like, I mean, I mean there's still definitely some fantasy to it. I thought it in some ways it was the most realistic portrayal of the chain of command yeah. in a movie, in an action movie in a long time. 
Like the only thing, um, Starship Troopers, the book is weirdly accurate is, huh. is I like, like mostly about the chain of command, which like, uh, you know, I'm not, whatever. I'm not like, I'm not like a super military guy where I'm all about that or anything, but I, I can appreciate, you know, uh, a more realistic portrayal of that. Um, uh, last, uh, the, uh, Starship Troopers, the book is good. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's like. Uh, it could be argued it's a little bit on like the fascist side of things, but like it's kind of like a not endorsing fascism in any way, but like <laughs> it's like a, I don't know. It's kind of philosophical about it in a way that's at least is like at least I think like well presented and interesting to think about. Huh. Um, but uh, it's funny because the movie is like the opposite of that, but whatever the movie's still good too. Yeah, the movie's um, all about trying to take the piss out of it. But uh, yeah, I think it was okay. The real issue was I read, I read, usually when you read war books, they tend to be anti-war books, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But um, like, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like some, some of them can be a little too much. Like have you ever read Johnny Got His Gun? I've heard of it, but I never read it. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, there's a movie and it's in the, it's inexplicably the plot of the Metallica song one um oh really okay yeah but anyway so johnny has gun is pretty good but like it's got a very preaching to the choir anti-war aspect to Mm -hmm. it like it's just like we're just gonna beat you over the head with the horrors of war until you think war is wrong Mm -hmm. but i feel like it doesn't address like the counter arguments someone who's not like no one's pro-war but just like oh you know there's like situations where it makes sense kind of thing I don't they're not really addressing those concerns to those people. It's more just reinforcing people that already are like emotionally disgusted by war. And it's just like doubling down on that. Yeah. And like Johnny Gunn is going to still find book, but it's, I don't think it's changing anyone's mind. Um, hmm. And uh, actually, OK, the book that is actually best about that is actually Slaughterhouse Five. I really like Vonnegut. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, I mean, I kind of didn't read Vonnegut for a long time because the people that liked him were kind of like edgy eighth graders. <laughs> yes. And I just kind of assumed it was bad by association. Um, but no, Slaughterhouse-Five is actually amazing. Um, I'm sure his other books are pretty good, too. But when I tried to read them, it just like like he's got a good tone. But when it's like that in like every book, it's like, all right, I, I get it already. Yeah, you have to be a um, Vonnegut fan to like Vonnegut books, honestly. Yeah, like, but like, you should read Slaughterhouse Five, and like, it works really well. Um, but yeah, the argument I really like in that one is, you know, that book opens with him talking to someone about writing the book, and he's saying, "I'm writing an anti-war book," and the guy is like, "Why don't you just write an anti-glacier book?" Which is honestly kind yeah. of my opinion. Like, that's I'm I'm the I'm the the anti-glacier I'm the glacier guy, where it's just kind of like, look, conflicts is gonna be inevitable, you know. Uh, like just being a like being a pacifist is too impractical. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of more my perspective on things. I'm not pro-war, but maybe I'm anti-anti-war or something. Like more of a practical, moderate aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and so the without getting into the plot of that book, the philosophical argument that book is making is that is a deterministic perspective. Uh, and I don't like to think of myself as a determinist, like someone who doesn't have free will. So hypothetically, if humans have free will, then 
we hypothetically could overcome war at some point as a species, which maybe you know that's somewhat high minded, but it actually does address the concern I was making of like being like war is inevitable and being someone who believes in free will. Those two positions are contradictory, hmm. and so usually if you can point out how someone's own opinions contradict themselves, that's more convincing about how they're wrong than just like reinforcing your own side to death. Yeah. So I really like Slaughterhouse. I mean, it's a good, just good, good book on its own, but I, I thought that was actually a very clever theme. Um, but so Starship Troopers is fun because it's not like, you know, like if there's like of the pro military books in the world, I feel like they're just like Tom Clancy books kind of mm. things. And they're not like, they're not really approaching it with like the same like philosophical rigor as like some anti-war books are. So like Starship Troopers is the most like compelling pro-military book I've ever read. Mm. And it was just refreshing to read one of those. That wasn't just kind of like oorah patriotism. Uh, whether it's right or wrong, I thought it was at least cool. Um, wow. uh, and uh What's the other one? Um, no, oh, yeah, oh, the bit that's also funny is uh, Starship Troopers. I, I think it was like one of the first, if not the first, um, like mech suit exoskeleton book. So it's super funny because oh. they spend two chapters explaining what an exoskeleton mech suit is. <laughs> um, and then uh, actually one of my favorite books is uh, Forever War. Uh, so uh, Starship Troopers is in the 60s. Forever War is like 19 is in the 70s or something. And um, it is, you know, it's technically an anti-war book, but I, it's I think it's broader than that. And uh, I, that one's also fantastic, where regardless, I, I recommend that one a lot. Um, but Forever War, um, there's also mech suits. And I thought it was really funny where there's about one sentence where it's like, yeah, you read Starship Troopers. There's mech suits. You get it. And like, it's just, I read those books back to back, and there's two chapters explaining mech suits in Starship Troopers, and like one sentence, like, yeah, it's mech suits. You know what it is. That's funny. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, all right. It's fine because I'm rambling about war sci fi books. No, Forever War is so good. Um, it's about this dude that goes on um, a. He goes on a military campaign on another planet to fight an alien, some alien conflict, whatever. And so he comes back and it does, it explores the, uh, you know, it explores a concept I haven't seen a lot of, which is, you know, like time dilation, right? Yeah. So he goes on a campaign and he comes back and it's like 30 years later. Hmm. Um, and every time he goes on and every, and he comes, and so he comes back and like, okay, what it's really about is, it's about the experience of being a soldier that went to Vietnam. Like, let's say you go out to Vietnam, you know, in the mid 60s. And when people think about the 60s, like the cultural changes of the 60s, mm -hmm. that, that's like 67 to 69. You know, if you're 1964, 1963, that's the 50s. It's still the 50s, you know, like culturally what we think about as the 50s. So if you go off to Vietnam, you know, for a couple of year or a while, and you come back in 1971, you'd be like, man, what country did it? We're like, I left the 50s and I came back to the 70s. <laughs> kind of, it's kind of the vibe like, like what country, like the country I was fighting for isn't even here anymore. Huh. Um, 
and just how alienating that would be. And also, you know, post-Vietnam was weird because for some reason people took it out on the soldiers. Mm -hmm. So it's like, man, I, you know, I come back to my country. It's totally different. No one likes me. Like just what a, (laughs) what a, uh, weird experience that is and so they explore that in sci-fi using time dilation to do the same thing where he goes off and fights in some campaign on a different planet he comes back it's like 30 years later the whole world is different um and uh it's all weird sci-fi now and uh actually one of the aspects that was funny was like um uh he uh, like, okay, they're getting paid for 30 years, so they're rich, but I, cause I think it's based on the seventies. There's like, just like a bunch of hyperinflation and it just, it, everything mm. sucks. And they say, he's just like, man, screw it. I'll just go back and do another campaign. <laughs> and so the structure of the book, it, it actually kind of becomes a time travel book where, um, every campaign he goes on, there's fast, they, they invented better ships in the last 30 years. Mm. So the next campaign is 150 years. The campaign after that is a thousand years because wow. they just go farther farther out yeah. at faster and faster speeds and the time dilation gets worse. Um, so uh, that's a very, like I said, I mean, I'm, that is, you know, it's definitely on the anti-war side of things, but I thought it was more, I, I appreciate it as more of being trying to capture that really alienating experience of coming back to just like what seemingly is a different country. Mm. Um, uh, so Forever War, I thought was dope. Uh, so at one point I just read like a bunch of Hugo award winning sci-fi books in a row. Um, and that's where I read all these random things, but, uh, uh, I think that's about it. We can, I can stop. <laughs> well, that leads us into interesting things like, uh, time dilation is really rare. Like what else does it, uh, journey to the planet of the apes or whatever the first planet of the apes was called. Mm-hmm. That one does time dilation. And well, because he's okay. like, he's in space and he just comes back he's like oh shit things are different isn't that was it okay i never understood the plot of that i thought the plot was they i thought the plot was they were intentionally time dilating themselves or that they were intentionally um that depends like the original one yeah the original charleston heston yeah. one yeah okay i thought i thought they were intentionally doing that and they were gonna like send data back or something hmm. and then i could be totally wrong and then like but for some reason they think they're on a different planet and then right. it happens to the earth but like I, I was confused i can't remember if they're actually trying to go to a different planet i thought they but, were just hmm. there. No, no 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 the whole time charleston has to know he's on earth because okay. he's because he's trying to prove that humans existed first and they had civilization first because he's like he's like what the hell happened to earth that's his whole thing and he does a lot of trying to find shit. Like, at the end of the movie, before the Statue of Liberty, he finds, like, a doll. Uh, like, a human doll that says Mama or something like that. And it just blows all the monkeys' minds. They're like, oh shit, who would make... What monkey, what ape would make a, a, a human doll that says Mama? That was the whole thing that blows their minds. Like, mm-hmm. it blows Dr. Zayas' mind. He's like, oh, oh, we have proof that we weren't the first ones here. And then they destroy the cave, and then we get Charleston Heston's famous ending. So he knows it's Earth, but he doesn't know what happened. And then he finds the Statue of Liberty. He says, you may actually blew it up. Like, he... No. So, like, he knows it's Earth the whole time. It's just, he doesn't okay. know what... I think he thought did, he was in why, the past why didn't or he something. Just, why didn't he just figure... Oh, maybe... He, okay. I could see him. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna, like... Why would... Why wouldn't he just assume that... Like, he's in a sci, He's in a sci-fi film in the 60s. Of course yeah. it's new. 
or like that's the plot of every like mm-hmm. would that have been obvious to him i don't know like he's trying to figure out when in earth he is because he knows t- something happened with time but he doesn't know if he's in the future or the past or whatever so he's trying to figure it out and then he finds that cave with old earth shit and Yo, then remember remember in the sequels when he goes underground and there's a bunch of humans with giant brains yeah and then he that was weird he ends it all he kills the entire planet and then they somehow make a third movie he's like oh hey That's these weird. guys figured out time travel that said, yo, remember the 2001 Tim Burton Planet of the Apes? Yes. That one is time travel through portals. Yeah, that was a wormhole thing. Yeah. I've never seen, uh, what's that Chris Nolan movie? Um, oh, uh, I was thinking of it earlier when you mentioned Time Violation too, because that has it too. Uh, which I th- might be a spoiler. Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah, Interstellar. Interstellar. I've never yeah. seen Interstellar, but I bet that's what Interstellar is about. Yeah. Okay, then I just spoiled a bit of it because yeah. Um, I mean I don't know. It's about time... black holes and wormholes yeah. and stuff. Those are not going to be time. Mm-hmm. Like time relation is just such a rare thing. I've only seen it once in anime, and it was called uh, "Whispers of a Distant Star," which is yeah. what. Sorry. Go on. Interesting thing about that is I saw that when I was in high school. It was really good, and it was the first... It's a guy who made his own anime. He drew it all, he did the music, he did the whole damn thing himself, and then he just hired some girl to do the voicing for the anime girl in it. And it's about time dilation, where it's like, this high school girl, because apparently only anime high school girls can pilot these mechs, and they go to, like, Mars Uh, and Jupiter and all this shit. And, but, uh, there's... They can still do, like, text messages, it just takes years to go back to Earth. So while she's still a kid, like, like, while she's still a teenager, the guy that she was dating is growing up and gets these text messages randomly. Uh, just like, hey, how's it going? I know it's going to be like, you're going to be like 20-something when this message gets to you. Fighting the fighting these aliens on Mars. It's pretty shit out here. I miss you. It was like, that's such a weird concept. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing this guy made. And he keeps making these kind of, these interesting concepts with the, some romance in it. And he fucking, ma- he made Your Name. Which, I don't know if you're familiar with Your Name. Is it the, the piano one? Uh, I don't even know. I actually, I still haven't watched it. Because I just haven't watched it, despite the fact he's one of my favorite oh, creators. the film? The anime. You know, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think broke all the records. I've never watched it, but yeah. NPR, I think, was even <laughs> pitching this movie uh yeah i remember that was a thing i've watched a lot of his films i haven't watched uh your name i don't there's there's weird mental reasons why i haven't watched it but i was just blown away like wait this guy from when i from like 20 years ago where he's like this he just funded everything himself and just really wanted to make an anime and he's here making the highest grossing thing ever the highest grossing anime ever it's like that's that's something else that's interesting I just want to say that I like that uh, you said your name and I thought your lie in April was what you were referring to. <laughs> That's what I meant, like the piano one. Your lie in April shit. Yeah, there's always that one like prestige anime that shows up every year. Uh, I-, I will I call was, it prestige. What? I was going to the prestige by <laughs> Krittna. Uh, uh, Another no one. I, I, so I'll say that. Uh, do you watch Rick and Morty? Yeah, I'm. I've. Wa- I haven't watched the. There's a there's a prestige joke in season four that I okay. thought was is so funny. It was up, such a funny prestige okay. joke. I'm up to season three. I haven't seen. I have not watched any of season four yet, and it's been a while since season four came out. I think. Yeah, it came out oh, maybe a month or two ago. Okay. The yeah. um, I, 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 the last thing on time dilation. You know, Queen, right? 
the band? I, I guess that's the only queen when you think about it. So he uh, <laughs> said, you know, you know, the guitarist, right? Um, Brian May. Yeah. So and he's like an ast. He got like a PhD in astrophysics or something. Huh. So, well, there's a song on um, the the album that has Bohemian Rhapsody on it called Thirty Nine, and he wrote a folk song about time dilation, and it's really funny. Interesting. It's actually it's actually sad, but it's it's funny that there's a like a song about time dilation. He's like, I can't remember. I saw I saw some interview once where he's like, I was thinking about you know sailors. And like folks, you know, folk songs about sailors. And I wanted to write one about, you know, traveling in space because they're like sailors too. But, you know, if you traveled out in space, there'd, there'd be time dilation. And uh, so I wrote a song about, you know, sailors in space coming back and their loved ones are gone. And I, don't, I just <laughs> I just found that explanation really. It's a good song and it mm-hmm. is about time dilation. But um, <laughs> actually, wait, you know, what also um, I forgot. uh uh i uh i made uh uh beanball uh i was gonna mention at some point beanball is a video game uh i made with my friend and um i added it's an abstract game that shouldn't have a plot and um at some point i added a plot as a joke and I low-key ripped off the forever war for the plot so that also involves wormholes and time dilation yeah. Like, uh, I'll mention that really quick. I'll put the link in the description, too, uh, for YouTube. Um, you made a game with a friend called Beanball. It's a Flash game. It's on, was it Arm? I can't remember the name of that it's website. It's on Congregate. Congregate's yeah. shutting down. It's late. What? Congregate's shutting down? They're not accepting new games anymore. I didn't know that. And, like, it's Congregate, and then what's the other one? Armored games or night games? Congregate. Oh, it's just Congregate now? Wow, they're all going away, huh? I don't know about Armor Games. I just, we never uploaded it. Oh, okay, okay. So it's on Congregate. And I didn't know they're going away, but... So play it now while you got the chance. I mean, I think the games might exist. You just can't, like, upload new games to it anymore. And they're, okay. like, shutting down their social side. So just it's whatever traffic they had is probably going to evaporate. I think they're just focusing on mobile games or whatever. Weird. Because um, apparently Flash games are dying. I mean, I don't know if we're Flash. I mean, I think we made it in Unity, so who knows? But Okay. I think for anyone, they just assume it's all... They just call it Flash, even though they don't, that's not what it yeah. is. Like, I, it used to be, like, Shockwave games, and they, they just became Flash games. So... Well, Shockwave is Flash, and I don't know my history anymore. Um, it's yeah, go play it. <laughs> it's not. It's a fun game. I like the concepts of that game. I really like the concepts of that game. And then the Dark World version is like, oh, these are even more interesting. And this is the one where you got Pro ZD to do the voices. Yeah, correct. Or he'll say like Beam Ball. Be- yeah, we made him say Icy Hot Balls. Yeah. Um, the uh, that was the level name. Actually, okay, I'll say. Okay, I don't know. Have you ever hired a voice actor for anything? I have voice actor friends, but I never hired them. So uh, the experience is really creepy, even if what you're doing is on the level, because they send you a raw file of their voice. And um, it's like, I don't know, man, you just like hear them breathing and like smacking their lips. And there's just like an awkward pause before they reread, you know, read the read the line again. So you just get like a completely silent video like. Of, of of lines you told them to read, it's your fault. This is happening. 
So like we just named all these levels as jokes. I'm like, yeah, just read the level names. I'm like, man, these level names are stupid. I wasn't like thinking about another person having to read them before. So it's just like flash attack, <laughs> icy hot balls. I'm just like, yeah, man, I feel so fucking. <laughs> um. So the uh. So the Pro ZD one was awkward. The anime one was the cringiest experience of my entire life. Uh, where, like I said, it took her a couple of weeks to send it to me. And uh, I would come into the office every day. And one of my coworkers who knew about it would just be like, it's like, did the vocals come in yet? Where are the vocals? I don't know. Apparently there's some video where like P. Diddy or something kept saying that. And he kept repeating it like in that yeah. style. Like, where are the vocals? Are the vocals <laughs> here yet? I'm like, there's no vocals. Philip. Um, so... At some point, he's just like, yeah, what is what's what did you have her say anyway? It's like, oh, you know, I just have her like sing the chorus, say some like anime girl ad libs like kawaii. I mean, I like maybe make a meow sound. And he's just like, you've paid a grown woman to meow for you. Like, man, (laughs) sounds really creepy when you put it that way. (laughs) And So sure enough, I get these vocal files and I felt like I was happy because they were good. You know, they were decent takes. But like, man, just total silence. Like. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. Like, ah, oh, I paid a grown like they, they like gets to the meowing section like meow. Meow. I'm like, oh, I paid a grown woman to meow for me. I feel so bad. I feel so bad. And once again, that was the thing where I was like, yo, no, this is funny. Like I should have done this, but like at first when I thought like, oh, making fun of anime, that's a good video. I didn't envision me having to listen to these anime girl sounds I paid for or me spending a weekend cutting anime footage together. Like I didn't, I didn't think about the full consequence of this idea. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's hilarious. Oh, that's good. Oh, it's still funny hearing it. And you've told when we first met, you told it. And then when we hanged out, it's a funny thing. We did we did the we did the improv and everything, and then we hanged out the week before the virus hit. Mm, true. And we we're like, oh, this was fun. We'll hang out again. Virus hits. So like, okay, there goes that. Like the second uh, the second level of uh, improv was happening. Bunch of things. Bunch of plans. Virus. Oof. I feel like I just got demonetized because I think the bots are looking for the word virus in vocal. Mm-hmm. They found it. There it is. Damn it. Um, like I'm gonna get, like I'm gonna make money out this anyway. <laughs> Funny thing is, okay, right, right. What, what? Going back, I'm talking about me now. It's about me now. Um, <laughs> well, going into the improv class, I'm like, well, I've been doing YouTube for like six years, and so I just want to get better skills. And people are like, holy shit. <laughs> They made a, there was a lot of assumptions being made on that point. Mm-hmm. And didn't say successfully for six years, but all right. So I spent a long time just like, hmm. Huh. <laughs> Those, the, the improv games were interesting. Mm-hmm. They were terrible at first. Like, they were kind of fun, but they weren't really... I get what they're trying to do, but I don't know if they were the right thing to do, because it was a lot of just... Um, Give you the just giving the idea of I don't know trying to put the instincts in you where you're supposed to pass something along. You just keep passing it along, keep passing it along. 
But I know your sticking point was like, okay, do scenes, but you say, do you don't say words, you say numbers, and that's where you it got you. Well, so the thing that okay, so we were doing level one improv, and yeah. I think if honestly, you could probably, at least in our case, you could probably skip level one improv and be totally fine. Yeah. Um, the issue was, uh, I think they're just trying to get you to be not be embarrassed anymore. So basically just make a fool out of yourself and be okay with it is like the main focus of that class, um, which is fine. It makes sense. And uh, so, you know, the the practicality of a lot of exercises, I don't really know. But, um, you know, like, but like, I think they even said like, you know, like, let's say you did improv and you don't do improv for like 10 years and you come back. I think I read in the description, like, yeah, just go to level two. Like, I think, (laughs) you know, I don't think you need level one for the refresher. Uh, I think level two just like covers everything in level one, but faster just kind of mm-hmm. assumes. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think because well, it's weird because I think both of our strengths lie in talking. Um, and I don't know. I feel like, OK, from a physicality standpoint, but like uh, level one, like the first half was just all physicality things. And it wasn't really until like the second half where they let us talk where like, for example, like, yeah, I don't know if. uh I think your main main strength is talking. So like, yeah, I, I you know, I I I I sucked, and I thought everyone else sucked throughout <laughs> most of that time. But it wasn't until you were allowed to talk. I'm like, oh, yo, scarf scarf's got something a little <laughs> bit, uh, just because it's just the beginning. I don't know, it was you know, wasn't quite. No one was really bringing it. But. Yeah, like at the start, because that at the end of the whole thing, everyone talked about. Uh, at the end, we did a very kumbaya thing, which I I think it's not a bad thing, but it could have been balanced with some criticism. Well, okay, that class was so relentlessly positive. I didn't yeah. really like like I mean it's a little too, a little too relentlessly positive for me. But I think it's trying to just be a safe space for people to embarrass themselves and feel okay about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I probably could have used some more criticism myself. But on the other hand, no, it was like I said, they ended with a all right, everyone go around the circle and say what you like about the other person's improv and. It was weird. We're like, I mean, whatever. Everyone's just like coming up with something nice to say. Um, it's also funny because like I, you know, I don't know. I feel like I tend not to compliment people because I feel <laughs> like they'll see through it and like it'll come off as disingenuine. Yo, I've ne- that said, anyone ever compliments me, I will always take it positively. I've never taken a compliment as being disingenuine. So it was funny. We go around the circle to be nice. I'm just like, oh, that was so, so nice. Thanks, guys. <laughs> like, so just... did you have a similar experience? I don't know. I well, oh yeah. um, I'm more. I want to believe I'm more optimistic about people, so I'll just take my face value. But with that, with that circle, it was very interesting because a through line I kept getting was, "We thought you were going to be crap, but then you surprised us." Like that was a big through through line I got was like, "We thought you were going to be god awful because you 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 sucked the first couple classes." Mm-hmm. And then you just came out and you were the best. You were the, I'm going to say you were the best one. <laughs> no, you came out and you were bringing it. And like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Although, uh, I, yeah, I don't know if his name was Josh or Jason anymore. He was like, you got a darkness to you. I'm like, ah. <laughs> What's interesting is when we were complimenting him, I could see him trying to hold back tears. Like he was, he, I, I guess He's just not used to people saying nice things about him because I could see him like because I was sitting next to him like, huh, he's really taking these in. And I remember when I was 
I wasn't purposely still on, but I know people were laughing whenever I did my compliments. So I remember mine to use as like, you do good voices. You know what the fuck you're doing. You know what you're doing. You, you good. You good. But, uh, yeah, the through line I remember for you was it was like, you do good voices. I think that's basically what everyone said. <laughs> and then for me was, we thought you were going to be crap, but you were actually pretty good. And like, yeah. So I could okay. I could be yeah. I mean, I think I was probably agreed at the time with that sentiment. I think the issue was, I don't because like the first half was like all physicality. Yeah. I think you just have like an awkward presence. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like you just kind of like stand somewhat straight, and like you don't like go into a physical situation like you don't look like you belong if that sense so like <laughs> the entire first half is just like, I guess I'm doing this was like kind of your vibe. Yeah. Uh, but when we got into the more talking stuff, like the quick witted stuff, you were, we were much better and it's like, Oh yeah, no, yeah, he's got it. You know? Yeah. 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 It did rely on us trying to figure out our own weaknesses though, for sure. Cause they, that wasn't, that was definitely, we weren't getting criticism. So it was just figuring out weaknesses. Like mine was, I think my greatest weakness was, um well finding the footing first once we find the footing i was good because there was that that camping one which wasn't great until she figured it out Hmm. and i got then i'm like oh okay this is what we're doing probably the first step can be bad unless i figure out the idea real quick and then the other weakness for me is then again it's supposed to be what it is i get real absurd real fast but i think that's a strength but maybe it's not i don't know because it really felt like uh, our teacher was really pushing for how not being absurd at all can be really good. She was really pushing for that, so I guess that's just her well, her brand that she likes. Oh, I, well, okay. I don't remember. I don't remember her necessarily pushing that. I remember I commented that once. Okay. And just in the sense of like, um, like the absurdness will come just because you're making it up. Yeah, it's when people force the absurdness Mm. where uh, I think my example was just if you just open a scene with like, hi, I'm an alien with four butts. Like you're just trying Mm -hmm. too hard. Like it'll get weird eventually, no matter what. Yeah. Let's just like let's just get it going normally and then it can get weird. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to like the first line out of your mouth doesn't have to be the punchline of the whole scene. You know, you can get there. Yeah. Uh. I will say you were pretty good. I, I've already said that before. I think the only, your only bad one was the one you hate the most. <clears throat> that was the only bad one, in my opinion. And that's because you didn't get the start that one. I think when you got the start, you were doing pretty good. Or uh, the ones we did together. I forget who started, but we did pretty good together. Hey, the, uh, I, took, I just did the weird... Uh, I don't know why we remember the plots of random i think you're supposed to forget improv bits but for some reason remember <laughs> you know your so your camping bit that was good was um it kind of started off rough and then the other person was like um you guys were dating and it's like i have something to tell you and she was like breaking up with you or telling you about how she was cheating and you just incorporated it in a positive way and uh that was a pretty good bit where it was just like you like you like uh just like I'm pregnant, like wow, that's great. And it's like, and you know my coworker Steve, and it's like, uh huh. It's like it's his baby. Steve's having a baby too. Wow, <laughs> what a coincidence. Um, yeah, a good bet. Uh, yeah, my one that went bad was okay. I think the issue was 
because we were in the basic one, the super basic one, a lot of our suggestions were basically full, like a little more baked ideas mm-hmm. um, would be like coupled fighting, uh, which would be more of a premise. And when we did the show, we had a different person, like their teacher wasn't there. So we had a different person and they were doing more traditional where it's like, you know, a uh, speaker. Like, it's just like, it's not a, it's not a premise. It's just an object or a word. And then you're supposed to make up the premise from that. And we had never tried that before. And it's not that hard. We just hadn't tried it. So everyone was just taking the object and immediately doing it literally. So it'd be guitar. And then they would play a guitar. (laughs) Well, in reality, you're supposed to think of like guitar, strings, strings are on puppets. And you like do a puppet show with a, like you start, you just try and like do something tangential to it. And then you'll tie it back in later is how you're supposed to do it. Um, Red said we just like guitar and mine with this other guy was sleep. Yep. And the first thing that came to mind was fall asleep on the floor. And that's a horrible way to start a scene. Actually, I think it actually would have been fine if one person sleeps on the floor and the other person like stomps next to them and is like sleeping on the job or something. I don't know. Like you could do it. <laughs> but I was just scared to just like, because I don't know. I, everyone sucks. Like if I fall asleep, the other guys, my, he'll just fall asleep too. And it'll just be the worst scene ever. Yeah. Like I said, okay. I, because I've thought too much about how to fix this, which is not how you're supposed to do improv. If I go to sleep and he goes to sleep, we I, we wake up like, oh, we just got chloroformed, is, <laughs> which is a community bit, mm-hmm. but that totally worked. Um, but uh, yeah, that one went badly. Uh, but uh, it, okay. uh, what was I it? I feel yeah. like it's because she said, if you don't know what to do, just dance. And he took that literally. Yeah, he just started dancing at me. And I don't know. It was it was it was bad. I don't want to relive it. Okay, actually, <laughs> the joke the joke with that was, and I can't tell you when or how this happens. Um, when something like really embarrassing happens, I either or I just have like some big failure in my life. There's one of two responses: I either never want to do it again ever, or I want to dedicate my life to being good at this thing. Mm-hmm. Like those are the only two responses, and um. So it was like, mm, should I like I could have definitely quit improv after that. And I'm like, man, these other people suck. I suck, but they suck too, and they're holding me back because they suck. I'm gonna get three books. I'm gonna get. I, I bought five books on improv, and I'm like, I'm gonna read them, and then I'm gonna be so good that it won't matter that they suck. I will carry these scenes and force them to be good, whether the kicking and screaming. Uh, was my which I feel like is defeating the point of improv, but it was funny. <laughs> And then it got canceled and I never got to use it. But I read like three of those books. Like I was into it. Um, it's not a bad mindset to have. Really. Like. Because I, th- I feel like a lot of times it's fail once, never do again. While it's or. And then there's just fail and go. Weird tangent. Uh, Darkest Dungeon. I feel like you can get hit with. I don't even know if you know what Darkest Dungeon is. I don't. So Darkest Dungeon is a game that uses uh morale in an interesting way where you're you're just these you have these characters like a a unit a team of four and you'll go into a dungeon and you'll fight just like cthulhu horrors or undead or just real horrible things and it will wear on the morale of your characters and when it hits zero they either get super like insane or they or they just be uh or they just they come out of it better where they get like so you can either have it's very rare but you 
you usually will get like a negative thing happens, but on a rare occasion, they'll become some, they'll get buffed instead of debuffed from the situation. Hmm. So like you'll have a thief character and he gets so, so scared and so he gets so scared and insane that he just becomes a guy who doesn't trust anyone and he'll start attacking the team, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. But he could also get to the point where, like, a, you got, like, a, a knight, and he gets really insane, but instead he becomes, like, Captain America, and he gives a bunch of buffs to the team. because So he's able to deal with adversity, I guess is the way to put it. <laughs> and it's an interesting mechanic, but you think about, like, yeah, that kind of is life, where you can hit someone with a lot of things, and some people will crumble. and But some people will actually become stronger from that situation as well. And I just tied that to a game right now. I was just thinking about that. That's not leading anywhere. It's just interesting. It's just interesting. Mm-hmm. The uh, so recently I've I've gotten back into chess again, and <laughs> there's a period of time, maybe a couple years ago, where I was super into chess. And I went to some tournament, and like I don't know, it was like it was like it was a tournament with some really long games, and I played three games that day, and like the first two people were both like way higher rank than me, mm. so I had no chance. And then the third game was someone lower ranked than me and I should have won. But like, I don't know. At that point, it had been a really long day of losing mm. and I ended up choking that game away. So I went like, it was like some like six hour, seven hour day. And I went 0-3 and, and I was just like, Ooh, nah. And, I don't, and then like, it was, more, <laughs> it was more just like, I did not play chess again for years. And it's not like, I mean, I could have, but it was more just like, chess is fun, but it's weird because it's like studying. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, man, I should like, in grad school i should spend this time studying grad school and not chess like <laughs> i only have like so much time i can study in the day why am i playing it on a game that is not my grad my you know not this not actual school uh which is kind of why i stopped but whatever it's been fun like okay the thing that's fun about chess like a lot of things is um okay i like studying things that are well understood therefore has really good training resources like I spent a lot of time studying for the jury, which I ended up using that score, but I honestly mostly did it kind of for funsies um, because like there's really good like uh, like it's a well understood test there. You can buy a lot of nice training material about it. And if you study enough, you can do really, really, really well. Um, so like that one was fun. I took an actuary test once um the probability i passed the probability actuary test and part of the reason is like if you become an actuary you make a bunch of money and those tests are really hard so the test material like they're expensive but the like the test prep material for those actuary tests are good um if you put in the time you will get real smart and you can totally do it um so similarly like i don't know like like okay like i was playing um you know the card game dominion yeah I was playing that game and it's, it actually kind of reminded me of chess of just being like a one V one kind of grind ELO kind of game. Mm -hmm. And, but like, I was like, man, I don't like, maybe there's somewhere, but like, I feel like there's not like incredible, like here's a book on how to get good at dominion. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like a lot of video games, there's not like going to be a book. Like you'd be like scraping YouTube channels and forums for tips and things like that. Yeah. Yo, there's a lot of chess books. You want to spend a lot of time to get good at chess? There is a very discreet way to get good at chess, um, which I kind of like. But um, uh, so I don't know. Sometimes it's nice, but just like, frankly, like, I don't know, even like 
even like college classes don't really have the same vibe where like this teacher's teaching from this book, but kinda mm. like it's kind of ambiguous what's gonna be on the test, exactly how they want it, what you should be studying. While like just I like the very discreet situation of like, yo, here's a thousand practice problems. The the test is gonna be like this. Like and you can just grind your way to perfection, like one hundred percent gonna nail it. Like it's nice to have very clear studying like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. That's the best way I learn is grinding it out. That's that. That's my channel. Grinding it out. Grinding it out with scarf, non-sexually. Scarf. <laughs> Welcome to Scarf's ASMR channel. Oh my god! I joked about that one time. Scarf. He's gonna rub his, his scraggly beard on the microphone. <laughs> scarf. I know a girl who has one of those headphones, one of those mics. There's like a mic where it's just like a head with ears, so it specifically puts those points. I'm like, what the? F All right, ASMRs are interesting. I don't understand. It like, is it just? Is it? It's sexual, right? Like, how can it not um, be? I think it's just calming. It can be. I think it can be sexual. Like, I don't know. I think people are, have weird things. If you Google ASMR, it's a bunch of hot girls, so it has yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it has to be, I suppose. I know it's weird. Like, I remember one time I ran into the, the Twitter rabbit hole of of soap cutting. Like, huh, this is weird. Like, what is that? So, they take soap. They just take soap. And it's like special design soap. And they'll get a knife. And they'll just cut through the soap. Are they like, because it makes a satisfying sound or are like, they like yeah, carving it, a statue? Like the knife will go all like um, the soap will go all crumbly and like they'll do like rainbow soap. So it like looks really cool. And I was like, what the hell is this shit? And then I spent an hour watching them go like, what the hell? Why am I? This is why. Why do people like this so much? It was weird. I was like, why do people like this so much? An hour later. I still don't know why people like this so much, but I'm still watching it. So what is going on? It was a weird rabbit hole. Like, there's, like, specially... Like, there's, like, crumbly soaps, and then there's, like, soaps with designs. Like, right, like a marble, it, and they're, like, cutting it through soap? it. Why isn't it soap? Why isn't it any other object? I don't know. It was so weird, and I don't know why I was going... I was in there, and I just kept watching. Like, Twitter has the ability to, to get you stuck in there, which is never good for you. Same thing for YouTube. Like, oh, well, let's see this thing. Oh, the internet's weird. Like, uh, Red Hot Nickelball. Have you ever heard of this? So there's this is a random thing. It's called the Red Hot Nickelball, and I want to believe they're gone by now, but they're probably not. Where a guy just has a, a ball of nickel, and he heats it up as hot as he possibly can, and then he just drops it on a thing, and you just watch it oh, burn through. I feel like I've seen that, and that is 100% still incredibly popular somewhere. Yeah, it's just such a random concept. It's like, well, let's do it to a cake. Let's do it to ice cream. Let's do it to a book. And like he did it to a gummy bear. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of videos like, can we hydraulic press this thing? Yeah, that you know, too. Can we can we put it in a blender? Is another one. It's amazing how many these channels just exist. And when you find them, you're like, what the hell? And then you watch a bunch because you can't believe it's a, such a popular thing. At least I do. The, uh, the dumbest one I watched was no, it wasn't dumb. It was just like guy who makes knives out of stupid materials huh. and it's like some japanese guy and it's like i don't know it's just like 
honestly, I think you got to watch them at like one and a half times speed. But like, it's just like the very slow, tedious process of him making a knife out of something stupid and like <laughs> sharpening it forever. Um, but like, I mean, it'd be weird stuff like candy, like he'll melt a bunch of candy and then just put a bunch of stuff in it to make it hard and then sharpen it into a knife. Wow. You know, actually, the best one was, you know, that metal where it when it it turns into cubes. Like its natural formation is giant cubes if you like really? cool it or something. He t- I don't know. I've seen that metal before. He took one of those metals and sharpened it into a knife. So it's like this weird like cubic metal with like a knife blade coming out of it. Wow. Uh, and it's weird. It's like a 20 minute video. It takes forever. And then he just throws it into the frying pan and melts it with like after he cuts like one thing wow. is uh, the best part of that video. <laughs> like uh, the Internet is is w- interesting in how niche you can be just niche concepts like that or. Uh, it's also weird when it's really popular. Uh, there's like stop motion guys. All they do is stop. Not stop motion. Uh, slow mo. Some slow mo channels where they just slow mo things and just looks cool. And somehow they have. Like 30 million subs. Yeah, I don't know. Like, on one hand, like, I mean, oh, I think I watched one of those videos once and like, yeah, they're OK. I'm not I'm not sure if I respect it either. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, there's just mm, I was thinking of an example. I can't think of it now, but there's just so many random ones or. I don't know. There's there's just there's just fun ideas. Yeah. The, I appreciate the internet uh, at the end of the day, despite all the craziness that can come out of it and just the wacky people that can come out of it and everything. Although, I don't know, uh, the uh, the thought bubbles and echo chambers people get stuck in is not so great, though. <laughs> but that yeah, might I be think- just, I'd say, the, um, not gamification, but just uh, very cynical attempting to just keep people on a thing as much as possible. So one time I made a comment where um, like I'm generally um, happier to talk with people, you know, despite people being objectively wrong <laughs> in, in an Aristotelian sense about The Last Jedi. I'm sorry, pl- I'd say platonic sense. Uh, excuse me. Um, the. You know, like, I, I think it's generally fine, you know, for people to disagree and I'm, you know, it's like, I don't know. I spend a decent amount of time. I find it fun to come up with arguments for positions you don't yourself believe in, hmm. um, which honestly is actually what half is is actually basically what my videos are, <laughs> um, which like my videos are intentionally about incredibly stupid things. And then I try and make an argument in their favor uh, while making fun of it. Um, but, um, uh, Okay, so one time I was just noticing that we're like, I don't know, like there's a bunch of people on Twitter I follow who have different opinions than me, but I think I realized at some point, like, I wasn't like exposing myself to different points of view. I was just like, I wasn't like leaving my bubble. I was just visiting another bubble that had metastasized, if that Hmm. makes sense. Okay. And it wasn't like, I wasn't really learning. I was just like, reading their own disinformation propaganda kind of thing. If that makes sense. Like, um, okay, this is maybe, uh, okay. Let me like, all right. 
I, I, was, I was making a joke before this about topics I shouldn't address on a podcast <laughs> to, ruin, to sabotage your podcast. Yeah. Uh, but like, okay, like, the, like an example of one of the ones I was thinking of is like, I don't think I learned anything from following people that support Bernie Sanders. Hmm. Like there's plenty of good faith Bernie Sanders debate to be like, there's plenty of topics around that that are completely reasonable to have. And I'm not like, don't want to get exposed to them kind of thing. But like, and also I think it's kind of tough where I think at least some percentage of Bernie people were like, I know, I know like there were like, you know, people in Russia trying to like sow discontent and they were like posing as Bernie people. So sometimes it's hard to tell what kind of Bernie people are good faith Bernie people or not. Mm. But I like the around like the two or three months where the internet was nothing but Bernie talk. I don't think I learned anything. Mm. Uh, I, I don't, I don't like, it was just, uh, it was just, uh, it, like there was just the, like there wasn't like good faith attempts at convincing other people. It was just some weird uh, echo chamber. I'm like, I don't think I got anything out of this. I don't think I've brought in my perspective. I don't think anything positive has happened from this. Um, like at some point I uh, had to unfollow a bunch of people on Twitter that I like for other reasons. And I was like, yeah, this is just a lot more pleasant. Like I don't want to <laughs> like reinforce my bubble but it's just a lot more pleasant not to have to read some random ass Bernie conspiracies anymore. Yeah. Uh, For sure. Um... Like, like if you followed the Donald or something, you know, <laughs> would that have like taught you anything? Like, I don't think it would have made you a more like empathetic, like, Oh, I understand what they're getting at now. I think it would just like further drive you away. Like there's like, there's, there's different kinds of like getting exposed to other perspectives. And then there's just like, like if you just get exposed to the metastasized version of a perspective, I think it'll just like give you a more alienated point of view. Like, um, there's one YouTube guy I like and he like spent, or he's okay. And he spends like, um, I don't know. He spends a lot of time like breaking down, um, like what neo-Nazi groups say hmm. and like disproving what they think. But like, I don't know, man, like, I, I put this. I think it gives him a more warped perspective on like normal people, if that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. Like you're just kind of like, like if you spend that much time observing Nazis, like you're like, oh, this thing this person said is a dog whistle for fascism. Like, nah, you, like not necessarily. <laughs> if that makes like, you could just have a you know a normal conservative opinion, and it's not necessarily a dog whistle for being a Nazi. If that yeah, makes sense. For sure. It's just because they saw it so much here, they're trying to uh, attribute it to another group, I suppose. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I think that guy's like super far left, so I think that's maybe just his perspective in general. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know. Like, there's kind of there's kind of a weird thing of like, I don't know. Some people are so wrong. It, it takes you a lot longer to disprove something than uh, than it does for someone to assert nonsense. And like yeah. it does at a certain point, it just becomes it doesn't become worth your time to like understand the perspective of crazy people. Like it's not <laughs> worth my, you know, like I mean, to a more obvious example, it wouldn't be worth your time to come up with points to argue with flat earthers. Like you could, but like you spent more time researching your counter argument than they did the, their entire you know worldview. Yeah, <laughs> thinking about it, yeah, you. 
They're like, yeah, it's flat. And then you have to take it a bunch of times like, fudge that. It's like, um, this happened so many years ago. It was uh, Bill Nye did a whole evolution debate with a guy. And it was just an hour of this was a waste of everyone's time. But, like, you get why, because they're fighting for the people in the middle, the people who aren't sure about evolution. Like, it's very interesting. But it was all, like, it's interesting from that perspective. It was like, okay, they're trying to fight for the people who are, aren't, who are on the fence. But it was just two very alien arguments to each other. It was very weird. Like, the, the, the religious guy's argument was, uh, God made these things. I'm done. And then it was just Bill Nye for a very long time. And like, look, here's why religion fails because it's not doing it, it's not proving scientifically that evolution isn't a thing or something like that. I was like, they're both, they're just talking two different languages uh, for yeah. this whole thing. I, you know, I've always felt that there's nothing actually contradictory. Okay, so for example, I think I, okay, I think the problem is Bill and I would, okay, first off, okay, all right, this is another side rant. I got annoyed, <laughs> I got annoyed with the veneration of science evangelists. Hmm. Evangelists, uh, like the Bill Nye and... Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson? Uh, yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson and uh, who's the who's the original Cosmos host? Uh, oh, shoot, what's it? He had the golden record, right? Um, what is his name? The, uh, Carl Sagan? Yeah. Is it Carl Sagan? There's just a period of time. I think, I mean, I think it's been like maybe five years. There's a period of five, like five years ago where just Reddit wouldn't shut the hell up about those guys. And like, I don't know, like, I'm sure some of them have done some science, but like, I don't know. I I know, like, they're just on TV. Like, they're not actually like the best scientists in the world. Like, if you want to like constantly (laughs) talk about someone who won the Nobel Peace or like the Nobel Prize in Science or something. Uh, like, uh, uh, like, okay, but like, yeah, this guy was on TV on VHSs I watched in junior high. Like, <laughs> who cares? You know? Like, I'll, I'll say that about uh, okay, Bill Nye was very much was like just advocating for kids to learn science in general. Neil deGrasse Tyson's a guy who just buys his bull- into his own bullshit. But Carl Sagan's a real NASA dude. That, he's a full-on real NASA guy, so him yeah. I would give the pass to. Know what? People know about him because he's on TV, though, yeah, not yeah. because he's a real NASA dude. Yeah. Uh, well, they should definitely know about the head of NASA back in the day after Paperclip, who was just straight up a Nazi. <laughs> um, Carl Sagan was an interesting guy, though. Um, but yeah, the weird thing about it is there is a there's like a religious zealotry for science that gets a bit weird. Where they're the like. Science- Science is the most objective way to try and understand the physical universe. Yes. And it's like a good method, but it's mm-hmm. like a method. It's not, uh, yeah. uh, not like it doesn't have intrinsic value on its own. The, the problem uh, is people are like, this is it and shut up. And sometimes that's true. And sometimes it's like, well, come on, we're still studying things. The, uh, okay, so what I what I say is, if you were having an argument with someone with who is trying to disprove evolution through religion, the real way to argue with that person, like to win that debate, isn't to like not talk their language and talk about science. The real language is to show how religion and evolution are not contradictory concepts. Mm. Um, so, like, I used to talk to people, and I would say, like, all right, like, if we believe in an all-powerful God. Um, he could have made the world in six days. Yeah, he could have made the world six seconds ago and fill their mind with super vivid memories. 
Like, it kind of doesn't, like, uh, you know, or it could have made the world in six billion years, you know? Like, it kind of doesn't, the the mechanics, like, okay, for better, I mean, some people take it this way, but, like, you know, the Bible itself isn't a science book. It's not like a, didact- like, a, here's exactly, here's the factoids on how all this stuff happened. It's not really written that way. And so it's weird to take, like, to me, like, to me, you're hurting religion by trying to, in the Bible, by trying to turn it into something it's not, mm-hmm. which will turn off people that, like, look at it and, like, they see the difference between what it is and what you're saying. Um, so, and that's, like, the whole point is, like, okay, if you put your science hat on and we're trying to explain uh, how we got to where we were based on the physical evidence we have, evolution makes a lot of sense. You know, the whole point of science is there's no, there's very few universal truths. If we come up with a better idea instead of evolution, we would go with that. Yeah. But at the moment, this is the best we have. And if you come up with better evidence and you can do, you know, then you can make mm-hmm. a new argument. Yeah. Um, that's, and like I said, that's, that's my issue of, uh, uh, there's no, there's nothing intrinsically con- contradictory between evolution and, uh, uh, Religion. That said, if you really want to do it, if you look at Genesis, um, once again, great way to sabotage this podcast. <laughs> I was talking about this. But like, if you look at Genesis, if you're trying to like look at it from like a scientific perspective, they're using um, uh, Near Eastern uh, cosmology, uh, like basically like the same stuff like the Babylonians believed and stuff like that. So like the the geography they go over, it's kind of hard to read in translation, but like um, literally, okay, so like the universe was made of water, like all of it. Like if you look at Genesis, God doesn't make water. Water water and darkness is the default state of the universe. And essentially what God does in Genesis is he makes a bubble in the water. And uh, there's like basically like a big dome like stopping then the big dome stopping the water from falling on the earth is the sky is yeah. just a dome and so like stars and things like that are placed on the dome um and uh it like understanding it from that perspective makes a lot of sense like so when you get to like the noah story um the water comes from the sky via rain, but it also comes from the ground. Like God's just resetting the universe and the bubble is collapsing and it's going back to its um, primal state of just being water is kind of what's happening there. Hmm. Um, And uh, I bring this, I bring this up in tedious detail to just show like they're operating on a totally different, like, like the point of Genesis isn't to describe cosmology uh, in my opinion anyway. And uh, so it's weird to like handpick like details like the world was made in six days um, just because uh, uh, like there's a lot of other aspects about it that you wouldn't necessarily go with. Like the like the reason the sky like it basically it's implying like the reason the sky is blue is because it's water up there, you know, Um, sort of like, you know, I don't don't know. Maybe that's not true. But the. uh, Anyway, like, I don't know. I find that stuff super interesting, but it's, it's be, it'd be weird to take that stuff that literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway. All right. In, anyway, in conclusion, uh, I got really uh, I got really into uh, a New Testament uh, criticism, historical criticism at one point, And it's a great topic that I uh, but the problem is it's like 
it's a great topic to make everyone hate you <laughs> because if you're like a religious person, you know, you're cool to hear about stuff like that in general, but it's kind of also like how the sausage was made hmm. and it's a little, it can be a little, uh, uh, annoying to hear about that stuff in tedious detail. And if you're a non-religious person, you just don't want to hear about the Bible period, no matter hmm. what's being said. So like the right person, I find occasionally find people like this and then I talk to them too much is like, I used to be religious, but not anymore, but I don't really care either way. So they like have enough background to know what I'm talking about, but aren't invested enough in it to be like annoyed. Uh, so occasionally I'll find someone like that and I'll talk their ear off anyway. In conclusion, <laughs> sorry for that rant, but. Interesting. Like, I don't know. I read the Bible when I was a kid. And I have z so little memory of any of it anymore. Uh, God. The whole the whole Bible cover to cover. Yeah, I did. I did it to prove I could. I can't. I spite read the Bible. Ah, uh, when was it? I think I was twelve or eleven. I spite read the Bible, just to prove it. I don't remember a damn thing. I remember. I just remember. Noah at some point. No, no. I remember Moses at some point. Mm -hmm. And then... Then random Leviticus, because people keep bringing up Leviticus. Leviticus is, you know... Oh, God. Laws. Man, I... And there's all, like... There's all the David stuff. And, like... It's, like... It's, like, these are some interesting stories. Like, like the David stuff, and then... His, and Saul, and all those guys, and... And I remember giggling because of Samson, where he used because they kept saying ass. So he's like he's using the jaw of an ass. I'm like, huh? He's he's got an he's, ass is being used here. I I will get annoyed when like some people will like to me where it's kind of in like the category of like bad faith criticism, where like people are like, okay, like on one hand, certain people like elevate the Bible to like impossible heights hmm. of amazingness, <laughs> um, but like. No, like the Bible's good, man. Like it's you know, like it's it's like as far as like ancient literature goes, yo, like if you're looking at how about this? If you're looking at it from an ancient literature perspective, or yeah. if you're just into like or if you're into reading, you know, old spiritually important writings, like no, it's good, man. Like there's lots of good stuff in it. It holds up. Like there are parts that I think are not as interesting as other parts, but like I always get annoyed where like people will like like, yeah, I read it, it sucked. I'm like <laughs> Compared to what? Are we comparing it to Harry Potter? Or are you comparing it to... Um, oh, uh, wait, I know this. Give me a second. Um, it's not Enkidu. Enkidu's a character in it. Uh, what's the original Babylonian book called? I don't know how I'm spacing on this. Uh, no, I'm not thinking far enough back. I, I know this. I'm, I'm embarrassingly blanking here. Uh, uh, you can easily say Bible's the oldest book I've read, though. But uh, uh, I can't believe I'm spacing on this. this uh, where is it? Something I haven't. Not a thing I've thought of in a long time. Anyway, it's literally it's literally the oldest book. Uh, it's like. Uh, or it's, or it's pretty close anyway. Um, wait, Anki Du's in it. Who's it? Uh, it start, wait, it starts with a G. Uh, oh my 
God, I can't believe I'm spacing on this. Anyway, I keep it's like uh, it basically it's um, the characters in Civilization. One of them represents the mess of the Babylonian society. I could Google that and it would show up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, uh, like, OK, like if you're comparing it to that, if you're like, yeah, this book is better. I'd be like, all right, that's like a fair comparison in terms of books that are like. Uh, is it like, Gilgamesh? Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. Okay, is okay. If you're right. like comparing it to Gilgamesh and you're saying Gilgamesh is better, that's at least sort of a fair comparison. If you're comparing it to Harry Potter, then yeah, <laughs> it's not, it's not going to represent uh, current sensibilities. But I mean, there is something to it. Like a lot of that stuff lasted a really long time for a reason. Um, you know, I, for instance, I really like Mark. Uh, <laughs> I think it's pretty good. Like I but, like Samson's story, so you know, but uh, uh, like I like Samson's story. Moses' story is kind of, kind of unfortunate when you get to the end of it. Uh, David is cool at first, and then I think David becomes a prick later, doesn't he? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'll tell you a funny story in terms of alienating people. <laughs> is um, uh, so there is this lecture series that you could buy. Um, and I had listened to a lot of them and one of them was about the old Testament and the rating, the series had a really low rating, so I didn't watch it for a long time. And then I looked at it and I realized the, like, there's a lot of topics in historical criticism that aren't, um, they aren't actually against the religion. Uh, but to like, uh, if you just like heard certain facts like said in a casual manner without like context, mm -hmm. you would people, like religious people might find them threatening. And so this lady who gave this lecture series on the old Testament, it was a really good lecture series, but she didn't lay the groundwork, like explaining the context. She just said some stuff ah. pretty early. And I remember like seeing it. I'm like, Oh no, this is how you got like a three star review. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, so what it was, was, um, from a historical perspective. Okay, so all right, from a historical perspective, certain people are considered myths. Hmm. Just in the sense of it's so long ago and the textual evidence is so fuzzy. Like, was there a guy named Moses? Sure, maybe. Can we say anything historical about him? No. Hmm. Um and which is it's just like that stuff is really old and it's like was written way after uh, the events were supposed to have happened. Yeah. So like maybe there is a grain of truth in it, but as historians, we can't make heads or tails of it at all. Hmm. Uh, so it's basically just goes into myth category. Um, but if you say Moses is a myth, that sounds a little mean. Yeah. Um, it do. And it just from a historical perspective, we can't, there's no historical kernels we can really derive from it. So, for example, the counterexample is there is a lot of um, atheists that like to argue that Jesus is a myth. Like, if you want to argue that, like, Jesus isn't the son of God incarnate, like, yeah, like, that's not even a question history can address. Yeah. But, like, you can make that argument. That's fine. But, like, they like to say that Jesus whole cloth is a myth. And it's very funny because, like, from a historical standpoint, no, Jesus is totally not a myth. There's, like, <laughs> a bunch of things you can say about, like, like Jesus is a guy. He's from Nazareth. He was an itinerant preacher. 
he was uh, executed by the Roman state. Like, those are five facts that are basically con- like very consensus historical facts that pretty much everyone's on board with. Huh. It doesn't that didn't make him God, but he's definitely mm-hmm. a guy. Yeah. Like, you know, um, the uh, and I don't know. Sometimes it's just funny because people will try and like poke holes in that. And you can poke holes in it, but you basically disprove anyone existing ever. Uh, <laughs> like, well, why didn't he leave any writings? It's cause, like, because most of the world was illiterate at the time. And there's, <laughs> uh, there's like, uh, like, basically, like, basically, it's also like Paul's also historical. And Paul is like, yeah, I don't know. I like Paul didn't meet Jesus, but he like met his family and like casually mentions it in letters. Like, that's way better evidence for a particular particular person existing than most people ever like yeah. the best we have for everyone else is like we got like i think like just in terms of like you know palestine it's like the the most well-proven person in palestine is being real is pontius Pilate. it's because we have a coin of him huh. the next mo- the next best person is like basically like jesus and paul and people like that like there's not evidence for anyone else existing at the entire time wow uh, you know it's like you're like historical evidence is like not uh like when it's that old you're 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 hard pressed to find a lot of stuff but anyway so this lady starts her old testament lecture casually mentioning that moses is a myth and david is a myth i'm like oh no you did david too um like oh no like i see what you're getting at but you're gonna turn off most people that would have bought this lecture series uh but I think, because I mean, here's the thing. Once again, like, yo, was there a dude named David? Like, I don't know, probably. Like, sure. But like, from a historical evidence perspective, do we have anything to say anything about him? No, not really. Hmm. Um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think, because I mean, I think they've done a lot of archaeological stuff with Jerusalem in particular. And like, there's, ironically, the period of time where David is supposed to be there, there's basically like, no evidence there was a city in Jerusalem. Like, huh. older, there's definitely a city. After that, there's definitely a city. The period where David's supposed to be there, it's like, yeah, maybe it was just, like, tents or something, but there were no, bit like, there was not a city here or something. Wow. Anyway, okay, I, I could be wrong. I haven't looked this up in a long time. This is just <laughs> what I vaguely remember. Uh, so people can feel free to disprove me. But anyway, that's at least why some historians, like, don't even, like, basically like look at a historical David, I think I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into super into old Testament. And there's just some stuff I vaguely remember. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Like, okay. Yo, it's hard to like, okay. I had one teacher who was super smart and would like, could cite the study he was referring to wow. when making an art. Like Damn. there was a Harvard study done by professor. So-and-so their methods were good. Like, it was really it's really hard to beat him in an argument where he can refer to his studies. Like at this point, I like just try and listen to credible people. Yeah. And I rem- remember what they're talking about. But like prove from scratch this perspective you remember. Like, I don't know. It's hard. But, like, I don't like know the exact study this came from. You know, I just like try and vet people and make sure they're not crazy before I listen to them. I think that's the hard part is doing the due diligence on that. Also because everyone's got the race to the bottom and getting the word out quickly. That's, that's probably one of our bigger problems. That's a big problem I have is just, uh, we trust each other maybe too much in that respect. We just, when someone says something, we believe they're telling the truth and we only 
don't believe them anymore when we've got enough evidence to not believe them anymore. Because it's just... I mean, I, I, know, I understand. I mean, like, there's been times where uh, this is more with dating or something, but, like, yeah. you kind of want to, like, uh, like, protect yourself and, mm-hmm. like, never, like, oh, I'm not going to do that again. But it's, like, I don't know. This it, Like, sometimes it feels like that bad situation screws you twice. It screws you the first time when the bad thing happens to you. And then it screws you every time when you're, like, a jaded jerk from there on out. Like, <laughs> yeah. in some ways, it's like, yeah, this kind of hurt me. But, like, I feel like if I go in a shell, that'll be hurting me more than this actual hurting me event was. Like, I, I try and just, like, you know, uh, in a lot of ways, you know, I can be very cynical. but. Uh, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not. I'm not interested in like stomping out every aspect of like os- optimism and vulnerability I have. Yeah. You know. Uh, like, like I said, the real damage would be stomping out my optimism and vulnerability entirely. That whatever thing hurt me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, I don't, just we get too many examples. Of, I I think we're just too fast now. I think it's things information moves too fast in this age. I think compared to like newspapers, but even then with newspapers, they'll say something wrong and then they'll put a retraction, not on front page. So then then that news wasn't real. Because remember, I think it was like two or three weeks ago, uh, a dude got shot here, hmm. and it was like a Mexican dude, twenty five or whatever. And, but there was a ton of people saying it was like a 15 or 18 year old black dude who got shot. And they're saying the Mm. police are lying. This is actually what happened. Oh yeah. And like, like the video came out, he like pulled a gun on the police and like the police acted pretty reasonably. Yeah. Like, it's like when you get things like that, it's like you get why the opposing side just starts thinking you're full of crap is when you start throwing out things like that. So uh, the incorrect information so quickly instead of waiting and seeing. It's it's a weird we're in a weird powder keg time for a lot of situations. Going down my list of topics we shouldn't be talking about. You, I love it. You opened it up. Yeah. You, you opened. I don't. Maybe I opened it up on accident. But here we Wait, are. I'll, I'll tell you what. Let's just we can bring it back by <laughs> making an improv game out of it. By let's list all the topics we shouldn't be talking about. Yeah, we can. Let's see here. So okay. We shouldn't talk about Black Lives Matter. Okay. Should we talk about trans uh, trans rights? Oh, God. We shouldn't talk about ACAB. Should we talk about J.K. Rowling being a trans-exclusionary <laughs> radical feminist? Oh, my God. That open letter. Oh, my God. Uh, we shouldn't. And we, we said this before, the whole thing. Like, we shouldn't talk about Gamergate. Oh, my God. Wait, okay. I didn't read that open letter, but I was under the impression, like... Like, okay, like, Margaret Atwood was on that letter. Like, Margaret Atwood is cool. There's I was under the I, I was under the impression that it was generally fine, just J.K. Rowling's name on it gave it a, a twist that no one, yeah. that, people didn't want, basically. Like, a bunch of people signed it, and then they realized J.K. Rowling was on it. Like, I don't want to be on this thing now. Like, that's what happened. Because she's just so in her, in her spot of... This is a thing that I get I got scared of when I was getting the steam rolling with the channel and just uh just getting to the point where you just believe in yourself a little too much where you become the Dunning-Kruger diagram I guess where you're just like 
Uh, I'm totally the best. I know this is my problem with Neil deGrasse Tyson as well, and certain other scientific people. They get to the point where they think they can do no wrong, where they're totally right. And then when people criticize them, get really mad at them, they think it's cancel culture. Yeah, I mean, I think it's weird where... It's weird where, like, there's definitely people overreacting. But generally, like, yeah, I feel like when people complain about cancel culture... In a lot of cases, like they were just being a jerk and they were using that as an excuse. Yeah. But on the other hand, like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's weird. Like bad people are allowed to have jobs. Yeah. You know, Yeah. like, yeah, if the person's like a monster, but like sometimes it's like, yeah, this person like cheated on his girlfriend. I'm like, yeah, he's a douche. But like, I wouldn't like go after his employer necessarily. Yeah. Um. Uh, like douches there's like okay i think the issue is i actually think there's a lot of douches out there and it's just hard to tell where it's like not worth policing yeah like i like i said okay like sometimes you date someone for six months and you realize they're a bad person mm-hmm. but i kind of don't want to hold it against them because it took me six months of dating them to figure figure that out this is just like, respectable man. no one will ever get to that level to realize they're a bad person if that makes sense yeah uh where if, you know, if we did like a full dig on most people, maybe we'd find stuff like that. I don't know. Everyone's but, um, got something effed up, probably. Uh, oh, there, we talked about it. <laughs> what, all right, what are other uh, good topics not to talk about? Uh, you want to talk about sexual harassment? In and, Smash? Uh, in Super Smash Brothers? Do you want to talk about sexual harassment in the Smite community? Oh, God. There was that as well. Um... Sexual harassment in the Smite community. Dan Brown is a piece of shit. Uh, Do you want to talk about the pardoning of Roger Stone? Oh my god. Yeah, that just that dates this right now. <laughs> that is how do you, you have a moral leg to stand on after that. Do you want to talk about whether masks are protecting public health or an infringe, uh, infringement on personal liberty? <laughs> Uh, would you like to talk about? <laughs> pisses me could... off. I was gonna say we could talk about we could rehash GamerGate from scratch. <laughs> yeah, oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, there's so many things that can be said and so many enemies to make from so many subjects. The ma- okay, the mask one pisses me off. Uh, for the we should not cover God's visage. That's the one where like, oh, come on, Florida and other places. Oh, Ohio. Oh, come on, Ohio. I don't know. I think those are just weird, bad faith arguments. Like when people Uh, people come up, have their opinions and then come up with their arguments afterwards. Those people are real. That's the problem. Why they don't make sense. Like they shouldn't like it's mind blowing. That's why it becomes the most thing that sticks to your mind. But those people are real. And that's what bugs me, because we all saw the one where they're at the Florida board where they're like, you guys are all a conspiracy and all this bullshit. And it's like, oh my God, no, stop, stop that. No. So, okay. So I will say though, a problem I notice with everyone, mm-hmm. uh, uh, with, yeah, I, I try not, you know, I don't want to do, I don't want to Charlottesville this and both sides <laughs> of shit. In terms of other things that we shouldn't talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, like a, like a common problem, like with human psychology, I think is, when people disagree with a group, they will look at the 5% craziest yes. part of the group they disagree with. So like when 
I talk to a conservative person about what they don't like about um, liberals or the left or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're talking about like, well, did you see this obscure college professor did this horrible, has this insane opinion? True. I'm like, no, like that's True. not the mainstream opinion. True. But like, you'll get, you'll get the other thing too, where like, like I said, like there's, you know, like I'll talk to someone who's really far left and they'll just like exclusively talk about neo-Nazis. Mm-hmm. And, um, make a good point. You know, and like, you know, here's the, you know, like, you know, maybe there's a reasonable argument. Okay. I think there is a reasonable argument that for whatever reason, I feel like, um, the Trump side of things, like, I, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. He likes people liking him and mm. really borderline people like him and he kind of refuses to denounce them. And that's like, that's kind of the argument there. But in general, like, I don't think your average Trump voter is necessarily a neo Nazi. Yeah, you know? they're, they're not. Um, they're not. Uh, but like, you could, you could just, you could have this problem where you could focus on just the dumbest people on positions you disagree with. And it's yeah. very, it's very easy to win your arguments when you're focusing on just insane people. Good point. Uh, like, so like similar, like, you know, sometimes I'll talk to more conservative people and they'll just like talk about like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure. Okay. I wasn't really following this. Cause I don't really care. Wasn't there that like, what was it called? Was it called chop or chalk or something? The like right. Seattle Chaz, did... chop, whatever new name. Yeah. Something. Yeah. But like, I bet you could interview those people and some of them would say really dumb things and you could use, and you could use that to reinforce your opinions that all black lives matter protesters are totally nutsoid. Well, the easy version of that was, it was like, yeah, they can have their protests, but they're, but what are they doing? Not stopping the rioters and looters. Why aren't they, why aren't they stopping the rioters and looters? Like this protest is totally fine, but rioters and looters. So it invalidates everything. But Chaz and Chop had a really frustrating thing because it was a dude who went, who got on a megaphone and I got this from work because my work is full of conservatives. So I, I get both sides eventually. Uh, so whenever I work, I get to see the more conservative side of things. And they'll just pass like, can you believe this bullshit from the from the liberal left? I get that every day at work. And so I get to see their side of things. And one of the bullshit they threw at me was, can you believe this bullshit? As this guy at Chaz or Chop, whatever which title it was at the time, because they changed the name at one at one point. And he was like, okay, white people, take $10 out of your wallet and give it to a black person. And and he's like, if you can't at least give a black person like 10 or $5, then what are you going to do when you have to give up real power and property to black people later on? Because we're trying to do, because we're trying to do like equality and shit. He's like, what the fuck is this argument? And you get why conservatives are jumping on this, like, oh, they want to take all our white shit. It's like, uh, no, <laughs> I don't. What I don't understand this idiot's argument. I don't know why so many people were agreeing with him at the place. It's equality isn't giving black people money. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's it's funny where I don't know. And generally, I guess I'm pretty moderate. Which there's two ways of being moderate. There's the version where um, you agree with everyone and everyone likes you. Mm-hmm. Or there's the agreement where you like are kind of contrarian and try and explain the other side to people and everyone hates you. Yep. So uh, I'm the kind where everyone hates me. <laughs> uh, where like, even if it's like not my, like, I guess I get annoyed with people misrepresenting other people's positions. Yeah. So it's just like, man, the left 
they want to do this horrible thing. I'm like, look, I don't even agree with it, but like their actual argument would be this. Like, <laughs> you know, or it's like conservatives are doing this. I'm like, all right, look, I mean, even like they're thinking of it this way, you know, there's like a kernel of truth to it. Like maybe it's misplaced on how they're hand like I don't know, like you could uh I end up just annoying everyone. <laughs> just like I said, I get annoyed when it's just like the stupidest five percent think this, and that's the entire side. They're mm, crazy. I'm yeah. like, no, oh, what? That's totally not it. What? <laughs> I think at some point I just turned my brain off to to it all. Because that's all you encounter at times. Because I used to be tried to argue it, and now I just I'm like fuck it. Just okay, all right. I I'm just gonna nod along because I'm not gonna try to get fired. Because there's no way I'm gonna lose this job. I like my job. These guys are nice, except when it comes to politics. Fuck it. Um, yeah, I do think I've gotten dumber from just trying not to argue anymore. But, uh, that is, you can also do that with just any argument where people go to, against someone's looks when they don't actually have an argument about something. I, I saw some just, fun, what? I saw some funny comic where, uh, I, I, when it was, it was something where it's like, it was someone who was talking to an artist and it was like, um, I don't know. It's like it, it, in this case, it was like a Trump thing where it was like, you know, oh, you know, Trump is causing these serious, you know, substantive problems. You know, can you like make art or something, you know, addressing these issues? And the artist is like, sure. And then they make a thing and it's like Trump is ugly uh, was the <laughs> thing they made. And the other person was like, God damn it. You know, uh, uh, like, yeah, in general, like. uh Oh, I was okay. This was all right to really bring it back to things no one should talk about or dig up again. <laughs> I was always as, all right as when I uh, I remember uh, George Bush era critiques. I find really annoying because there's there was a lot of reasonable criticisms one could do, and I swear to God, the only stuff I heard was like he's stupid. He looks like a monkey. True it was yeah. like like half of it. I'm like guys, there's so much like yeah. Even if that. I disagree, like, there are better arguments to be made here. Why are we going with this garbage? I remember that, yeah. It it kind of becomes, any uh, figure becomes just one thing. Just thinking about, just even against history. Like, uh, just go from the start. Washington's like some great general. Uh, John, Ma- John Adams, big douche. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, pimp. Uh, James Madison, sick guy who made the Bill of Rights. Fifth president, don't even remember who he is anymore. Oh, that's James Monroe. Oh, don't, don't Monroe hate. was fifth? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So the Monroe Doctrine. So it's, oh, it was the Monroe Doctrine. It was like, don't do long uh, alliances or no, it was isolationism. I can't remember what it was now. Uh, it was, uh, I think, um, I think it was discouraging European powers from further colonizing okay. North and South oh, America. Yeah. And then you've got, like, skipping We've way We've never talked about presidents before, but apparently <laughs> I got it. Apparently I can just whip out the fifth president like it's nothing. Good. Um, we skip ahead to Lincoln. All we remember is slavery. That's all we remember the about Lincoln. The 16th president. <laughs> the 15th is James Buchanan. Yep. Um, the 14th is Polk. The 13th Polk is Mil- is- Miller Fillmore. Miller Fillmore. At some point, I knew them all. He, he made Japan open up for commerce. It was Fillmore. Oh. Uh, okay, real. Okay, real quick. Favorite president. 
because of course it's him, Teddy Roosevelt. Favorite president? Yeah, favorite president Teddy Roosevelt because he was just right. a Superman for his time. Uh, so on one hand, you know, I'm uh, the great man theory of history is very fun and it's an easier way to understand things. It, yes, uh, so probably, probably, you know, things are more nuanced. I don't know. I haven't dug into Teddy Roosevelt lately where I feel like at some point I'm sure that myth is like his persona is more complicated of course. than average uh, understanding of it. But um, OK. My favorite, how about this? My favorite, favorite president story. You could say the myth you... of this president is your favorite president, I guess. Check this out. Okay. I am at, I am doing a internship interview in college at a PR, as a real estate PR firm for some reason. Okay. I don't particularly have a PR background. Uh, so I'm, I'm interviewing with this guy and, um, not you know, I mean, for larger context, he seemed like a cele- a cerebral, intellectual gay guy. Um, was the vibe I had from him. He's very, he seemed very cool. But like I, I like I went to school in Florida, and uh, technically I went to school in Miami. But like he, like he made some comments like, he, like he grew up in Arkansas and he couldn't wait to get out of there, kind of thing. Hmm. Um. So he kind of had this general, you know, liberal cerebral vibe to him. He seemed cool. But and so at one point, literally the first and only time this has ever happened, he asked me about my history minor. In a job interview, I never I took that for fun. I never expected this to ever show up in anything substantial ever. So he asked me about my history minor and we talk about for a while. Then he goes like he's asking like the HR question he has to ask. And at some point he gets bored with them again. And he asked me, who's my favorite person in history or like, and I, you know, among the questions I like quizzed myself on when I was like waiting in the car, favorite person in history was not one of them. And <laughs> I just like froze at like how disarming this question was. And for some reason I started just thinking like, what's the most cliche I didn't even think about what my actual opinion is. I was just like, man, what's the most job interview answer I could give? Oh yeah. This one. I, I just started thinking of like, I can't remember. I think, I think the top three historical biographies, I think it's Lincoln. I think it's Martin Luther and some other person. I forgot who the third person was. Huh. I'm like, so I was like, I don't know. I guess Lincoln is like the safest answer you could give. And for some reason I was just like, who actually is my favorite president? And my problem is my favorite president isn't like he's my favorite, like I want to be him or he's my hero. Mm-hmm. It just it's just who do you find the most interesting to learn about? So I say to this who I this super liberal guy, Richard Nixon. <laughs> Once again, it's like who's your favorite person in history? Richard Nixon. Like it just <laughs> sounds bad. It sounds bad. I'm like, man, this dude is gonna kill me. <laughs> I'm going to get kicked out of this interview. And this guy, and by the way, like Richard Nixon is super interesting. Like he did a lot of bad stuff. He did a weird amount of good stuff too. the amount of goods. Like, you know, Nixon started the EPA. Like uh, Nixon has a really complicated and interesting person. He was super into diplomacy. His foreign policy was really sharp. Like he did a bunch of horrible things too, but like, that's why he's interesting because it's very—he's a very complicated figure. Mm. Um, 
like, oh gosh, there was, you know, I think I, when he was um, not the president, uh, I can't remember, there was something where he was in some political fight or was a trial. I'm going to botch this story, but um, I haven't, I haven't like studied Nixon a ton since then, but there's something where um, he accused a political enemy of being a Russian spy. Which, like, that sounds like some BS McCartneyism, doesn't it, right? Yeah. Yo, guess what? That guy was a Russian spy! <laughs> oh, shit! What? Uh, uh, like, they, like, it turned out later, no, Nixon was right, and this guy he randomly accused of being a Russian spy was a Russian spy. Wow. Uh, there's some other funny... Like, he was, um, he was Eisenhower's vice president, and I kid you not, there was some, like, he was talking to the equivalent of the vice president of the USSR, and they were, like, going over, like, a model American kitchen... And like Nixon's like, yeah, every American kitchen has, I don't know what was hot at the time, microwaves or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is a normal American kitchen. And the guy's like, like, this is propaganda. There's no way do American kitchens look like this. And it's like, oh, they absolutely look like this. And they, ki- they get into a, a finger pointing argument. There's like a shot of them both pointing their, the other one's chest when they're getting Whoa. in a fight about a typical American kitchen. I think if you Google <laughs> the kitchen debate or something that shows up wow. and so I don't know, there's a lot of funny things to like like in abstraction um also nixon's great because he's like the fictional dictator in fiction he's like the president in watchmen he's the mm. president in futurama it's you know um but anyway uh but nixon also did a lot of horrible things so like <laughs> that it just makes it makes it uh that's why i find him an interesting person to learn about because it's uh there's a lot of uh, layers there. But yeah. anyway, so this guy looks at me aghast at my Nixon thing. And he says, um, huh, Nixon's my number two. I, my number one is Henry Kissinger, <laughs> which is the secretary of state, who's also a very yeah. interesting person. And I was like, what? And then actually, then the guy wanted us to talk about Richard Nixon. And like I said, I like Nixon, but like, I don't know. I, I mean, I probably should read a, like a, like a more adult biography. I had, but like that dude know way more about Nixon than me. And so dude was running circles around me where I'm not sure I was really keeping up in that conversation where I'm not sure if it looked that good. In conclusion, I didn't get that internship, but I was like, <laughs> man, you whip out an answer like that. And I don't get that internship. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Wow. Yeah. Come on. He maybe wasn't impressed with you not knowing enough about Nixon. Maybe. I also mm. think I think he asked for a writing sample and we didn't really do good writing in mm. business in business school. So I didn't really have anything particularly good. <laughs> Oof. All right. I'm just going to cut here a second. All right. Lost Scarf, who's your favorite Pokémon? I know I said this to you before. I think it was uh uh, I'll, I'll say Charmander. Basically. Not, Char- not, not Charizard? Well, th- th- I will put the whole line together. That's what I do. Um, but it is Charizard. That's just because I grew up on Gen 1. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like Charizard and then... Oh, the first... The, the starters are all cool. I like the starters. Pikachu's okay, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people would assume Jigglypuff because I'm a Kirby fan. Jigglypuff's fine. Um, I'll say Charmander. Like, it, like, it's hard to just say one because Pokemon's got like what ten, a thousand Pokemon. I, you know, I mean, I know people like Pokemon, but um, 
Gen 1 and Gen 1's weird. <laughs> Yo, Gen 1's the only good one. <laughs> Just like, I mean, like, what got better? Like, the Pokemon designs got stupider. They, they added plot. And the plots are always trash. Uh, you know, like... Uh, there's just a good purity of we're going to beat these eight people and then our rival's going to be a jerk and then it's over. Well, uh, even Team Rocket was in there, but just not that. Not as ridiculous as the anime was, I guess. As opposed, well, just, I don't know, it's just the issue of uh, the bad guys are going to use the power of the legendary Pokemon yeah. to end the world. Like, who cares? That's, how oh, is it? Uh, it's happened. They, like, they just words... get away with, they just, here's the thing. They just get away with it because everyone's every Pokemon game is somebody's first Pokemon game. It's true. The general formula is all right. Therefore, the best one is the first one because that's the first <laughs> one with the formula that they're just repeating every time. True. That is not a bad point whatsoever. Not a uh, bad point. Also, okay. The other issue is, yo, they should just have like, even if you do like 150 new Pokemon, it should just be like, it should only be the 150, <laughs> like trying to have the legacy of like the whole Brexit thing was dumb because they really their importer just broke. It wasn't a conscious choice to limit the number of Pokemon. Yeah. On paper, it's a good idea. They should limit the number of Pokemon. Uh but they should choose to do it, not just, well, our importer broke. <laughs> like <laughs> Don't tell anyone the importer broke. Yeah, I uh I having played Sword and or Sword. Uh, I enjoyed its limited roster. It was pretty fun. I liked it a lot. And also, like, it's funny because everyone complains about, like, DLC and, like, how, like, Battle Passes and how nickel and dimey video games are. Yeah. Like, Pokemon has been, like, from the start, like, the most exploitive video game series. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you gotta catch them all, but you need two copies of the game no friend is going to trade you their freaking Squirtle, so you definitely need two copies of the game. Yeah. You need two Game Boys, two copies of the game. Uh, if I had money when I was 10, I would have absolutely done that. Yeah. You need to get this freaking uh, trading cable. Uh, and by the way, we're going to put out a, a, a remix version of the game, which you also need. <laughs> uh, uh and we're going to just keep doing this until you die. Also, we've decided to... Hey, you know how people hate loot boxes? Do you know what loot boxes are based on? Uh, card packs. You know how many kids wasted a bunch of money on car- Pokemon card packs? Like, it was just, like it was totally like kid gambling. Uh, it was specifically targeted at children. You know, your freaking, I don't know, Battlefield 2 loot box at least was not... You know, I, don't know, I don't know. I guess maybe kids can't play Battlefield 2, but you know what I mean. Or yeah, Battlefront, yeah, yeah. whatever, the Star Wars one. Battlefront, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Battlefront 2, yeah, yeah. That, that crap was always super exploitive. Yeah. Uh, it's true. Uh, I, it's, it was never okay from the beginning, but we've always accepted it for some weird reason. We're just like, well, they're going to do it. We can't stop them, so there you go. They gated, they, isn't Gengar still gated behind trading to this very day? Oh God, is he? I hope not. Probably. I don't think you can catch. I don't think you can evolve a hunter to a Gengar, no matter what you do. That's something I hated because, like, I want, I want my, I want my Alakazam. Like, yeah, you know, I, no, I was, someone else gets it. <laughs> I was thinking the other day about, um, uh, like, okay, so in Gen One OU, the competitive <laughs> Gen One game, 
Uh, I feel like most people would say like Alakazam is super OP. Um, I feel like Alakazam is super OP in the context of like, if you actually were battling when you were 10 years old, your Alakazam would kick major butt. Mm. But like, uh, and I feel like in the context of OU, Alakazam isn't that good. Like he's OU, he's good. But like, mm. like the, the teams are more developed where he's just like a bit player. And not just like the the amazing sweeper that everyone thinks he is. Mm. Like the like basically because I don't think people knew at the time. Like if you're ten, no one knows that. Like yeah, Chansey's like one of the best Pokemon ever. Chansey <laughs> will just wipe the floor with a freaking Alakazam. Mm. And not not wipe the floor, but like literally can't get hurt uh-huh. uh, unless he gets like nine special drops. So it's like yeah, it's <laughs> not a, he's a little more situational than just the overall beast. Yeah. Uh, with newer ones, I like Wulu. I like Wulu. Just a, it's just a sheep. Literally just a sheep with brains. It's just a funny bald thing. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's okay. I mean, like I said, the the Gen 2 sheep looks super stupid, so it's oh, time it? about time they have a good sheep. True. No one likes that. Someone likes that sheep. Someone likes well, people, every Pokemon. People like that sheep. I hear people talk about the electric sheep all the time. As a, uh, my reap, I think it is. Um, oh, there's plenty of cute Pokemon or cool Pokemon throughout the years. The legendaries are never great, though. They're never cool. Like, this was like, it's a dog with a sword, or it's a dog with shields on his body. That's not even legend, that's the mascot. Uh, the legendaries, big snake. X thing, uh, and then X and Y was a literal X beast and a Y. It was yeah, it was a maybe, deer. And then maybe I'm bad, thing. but I mostly paid attention to Pokemon Sword and Shield for the Schadenfreude because I thought that the the cluster was funny. Yeah, I've greatly enjoyed the one uh, dunking on the people whining about Sword and Shield. I've I've had way too much spite fun over that. I don't know. I, I, I think the whiners were right. I think the whiners are right. <laughs> I'm pro whiners. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. We are at an impasse. No. Um, I don't care enough at the end of the day. I just really enjoyed it. But I just, I had fun just dunking on the whiners. It's just such a, I don't know. So many people have grown up on it. So, so many people really, really care about Pokemon. Yeah, I think the problem is, and I, I think where I think the whiners are right is I think the Pokemon games are literally advertisements for toys. Yeah. And they just pump them out year after year to coincide with whatever the new anime is. Yep. So I think the whiners are right where if they gave a rat's ass about making a good game that appeals to more than just 10 year olds, they actually could make something very interesting and they just never do. Um, for example, I was surprised. Remember when they made that Let's Go game? Yeah, Let's Go Pikachu, yeah. That Let's Go game, like, okay, the, the Sword and Shield just looks like a upright, like a same res DS game. Yeah. That Let's Go game looks like a Switch game. That Let's Go game looks a hundred times better than Sword and Shield. Like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, clearly just some other team had the time to work on this. That game looks a hundred times better than Sword and Shield. Uh, I can't disagree on that one, no way, yeah. It's just it's it's just amazing that like that game came out. I was like, oh wow, like oh, I was like I was like, wow, this game looks like I just saw footage of it. I'm like, wow, this looks pretty good for a Pokemon game. And then Sword and Shield came out. I was like, oh yeah, this looks like a skin for Sun and Moon. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I can't. Graphically, yeah. Still fun. Still fun. I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot. There were a lot of features that could have been more in Sword and Shield. Here, okay, here's the I thing. I still Lost Scarf. It. Here's the thing, Lost Scarf. <laughs> Heroin is fun. Uh, <laughs> cocaine is fun. That doesn't mean it's good. You know, <laughs> it, it, just because it tricks the centers of your brain to releasing the endorphins you crave, that's just because it has the same addicting structure it's always had. It doesn't make it good. Like, yeah. there's lots of things that are, like, okay, like, wow, I mean, wow. that's kind of... Okay. Yeah, you make a fair point. <laughs> uh, well, okay, like, for, okay, like, in some ways, it's easy to be a cynical jerk, but, like, and in some ways, like, all video games are fun. Like, yeah. even kind of the bad ones, it's just because I'm an adult with a lot of resources and I can play whatever the hell I want, where I don't think it's worth my time to play mediocre games. Yeah. But if you're, like, eight, you got nothing better to do, I bet you'll have a pretty good time for a while, even if it's just totally mediocre. Do you remember, remember Samurai Showdown, the Japanese spinoff of Di- not, No, Samurai Showdown is actually a real game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Samurai Warriors, the, sp- mm. the Japanese spinoff of Dynasty Warriors. Which is just so inferior. So I played <laughs> that game a lot. I kind of <laughs> liked it at the time. I just wanted to listen to a podcast and get achievements or whatever. <laughs> like I had a fun time. Does that make that game good? Hell no, that game is objectively very bad. I had a good time anyway. You know, that's just... Random aside, they did a crossover. They did three crossovers. I own I got, one and two. They're good. I got, I got really good at pronouncing the names of Japanese historical figures. <laughs> Mitsuide. Onaga or something, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I, I used to be better. I, I, I pronounced those very wrong, actually. Oh, yeah, tell me, Tokugawa, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Japanese name. Um, yeah, it's true. There's plenty of games that weren't great, but that's all you had, so you just... You had a lot of fun with it. I feel like okay. that's a lot of Nintendo. Like the old Nintendo games back in the day. NES games, I mean. Alright, have you ever played idle games? Yes. So... I love idle games because they get straight to that point where there's no gameplay. There's no freaking <laughs> gameplay. Uh, yeah. you, you just, it is just addicting structures and no gameplay. And they're still kind of fun. Yeah. You know, like, like I said, like the gameplay in I didn't play GTA five, but like the gameplay in the average GTA game isn't that good. Or like red dead. It's not, the gameplay isn't that good. If it was mm. just like a shooting game, it's not that good, but <laughs> it's got a very good addictive structure. And you're like, man, I really want to go to that part of the map. And like, there's a, there's a letter there. It represents a quest. And you get the quest. Like, it's got a good addicting structure. So, and like that, ca- that, that counts for a lot. So like, sometimes like, like I said, I'll enjoy games, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know. This, this like, this is just the, okay. For example, um, have you ever seen the movie A Scanner Darkly? No, no, I have not seen. It. I I've heard of it. I I read the synopsis before. So it is a it's a very good movie, and there's it's funny because it's got pre Iron Man Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. and it is a uh I mean it's a movie about drugs, but it's not like necessarily a druggy movie. Um, although there's some kind of anyway, but it's like uh it's pretty good. They like was it rotoscoped over the film, so mm-hmm. it's like a realistic looking cartoon kind of thing. Yeah. And it's also really funny because um, 
the protagonist is an undercover cop who like took a little too much of the future drug to fit in. And now he's supposed to be investigating himself and he's too like messed up to really uh, differentiate that. Uh, so the joke is, is it's, um, it's, uh, oh God, I'm, I, it's funny how you space on names sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, protagonist of the Matrix. Neo, or you mean Keanu Reeves? Keanu Reeves. So okay. the protagonist is Keanu Reeves in Scanner Darkly. Okay. And, you know, whatever, Keanu Reeves is a good actor, but, like, he kind of does have just his Keanu Reeves voice. Yeah. Which sometimes can be out of place. Unless like, it's Dracula. He, yeah, that Dracula movie was the one where he was it was very out of place. Yeah. Um, but no, in this movie, his like slightly stoned voice, amazing. <laughs> the ideal voice. It's his ideal role. Um, but yeah, there's a scene where Robert Downey Jr. is talking to this guy who's like kind of tweaked out, and uh, and he's talking about the the future drug they're on, and uh, he has just some funny line where he's like. Um, there's no genetic predisposition to get addicted with substance. You're either on it or you've never tried it. And like, I don't know. I used to say that about wow, where people are like, why don't you play wow? I'm like, cause that's shit's crack. Like, <laughs> like, uh, that just is like a super addict that, you know, like even if you have a fun time, like, like there's plenty of games where I like, Oh, that looks like a fun game, but I just don't want to play it. Cause it looks like a 200 hour time sink. Mm. Um, like, uh, I don't know. I never, I never really actually ended up playing some Skyrim, but I never got into Skyrim when it was hot. Cause like, yeah, I played Oblivion in high school over the summer and I had about eight hours a day to play Oblivion and it still took like a month to beat. And I was like, yeah, I don't got that. I don't like, I don't want to spend that time anymore. And I don't also, I don't want to like, that's kind of game where like you, you're an hour in and you accomplish nothing, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, I don't want to like stretch this out over two years to beat this game. Like I either want to like play it eight hours for a month or not at all. <laughs> Shit. I'm dealing with Witcher three right now. Uh, I, when there's downtime at work and if there's really nothing better to do and the, and the bosses are gone, I'll play Witcher three for like an hour. You so, can't accomplish anything. Yeah. I'm sporadically playing that game. Like I am nowhere near the end of this dang thing. And I'm, I'm thinking of doing cyberpunk as an LP. I'm like, what am I doing? Uh, cyberpunk coming out. September. I think September's when they're planning on it now. Like they keep pushing it back. They pushed it back like three times now. But the trip is like the the teaser for it was like seven, eleven years ago or something. It was so long ago, and it's finally coming. Like, wow, people really work on games for a long time. Sometimes it's almost here. Uh, I have never beaten a. Um, I haven't beaten any Bethesda. Not Bethesda. I haven't beaten any Elder Scrolls game. I got far in Skyrim, didn't finish it. I got far in Oblivion, didn't finish it. Got... I never finished those dang games. I do finish Fallout games, though. Uh, let me see. I beat Oblivion, and I beat Fallout 3, and that's about it. Like, Fallout 3, I took the time to go to every single landmark in Fallout 3. Like that, was, But that was, like, my only game I was playing at the time kind of thing that was maybe college me it's college scarf when was that game 
two thousand something. That might, that was either end of high school scarf or college scarf. Mm. Okay, here's here's a video game question for you. Okay. So there are like games that you would recommend to people as like the best games, like the best games or your favorite games. But like there are games that you play so much, like they don't like there's a difference between like you liking it and something being recommendable. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like the guy like, who uh, played 8,000 hours of a game, thumbs downed it and played another 8,000 hours of the game. Well, it, it's more like, but like if you played it 16,000 hours at a certain point, you got to look at yourself and like, I guess I like this game. <laughs> I guess this must be one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Like you don't like think of it as like being that. So for example, like I really like braid uh hmm. the 2008 jonathan blow game yes but like mm-hmm. i think braid's like an amazing experience and i recommend mm-hmm. it to everyone like um i like the game inside uh is another like fantastic game but like i like those games i i like them but like you don't really play them a second time what i end up doing is i end up trick other people into playing them and then i just watch it because i want to watch their first experience again mm. but like there's only so much time I c- but like those games i think are great and i think they're very recommendable to everyone um as like oh yeah this is like some good art that everyone can appreciate <laughs> but there's another class of games where it's like okay so the example is at some point i put in maybe a couple thousand hours into guitar hero 3 wow. and like guitar hero 3 isn't high art but i got super good at guitar hero and i'm like is guitar hero 3 one of my favorite games of all time like i think it is like it's not it doesn't I'm not sure if I would recommend it to everyone, but like, no, man, I think it's like, I mean, I played, I mean, I played most of the Guitar Hero games, but like Guitar Hero 3, I put the most time into. And it's just like, there was just a weird point of like, yeah, I wouldn't have thought like, I, I bought it, I played it, but it wasn't like I was playing like, what, this is the greatest game of all time. Like, it wasn't like a first impression, greatest game of all time. Yeah. But at some point, it's like, no, I've I put enough time in like, this has to be like one of my favorite games ever. Uh, so what's like games like that for you, if that makes sense? What's your Guitar Hero 3? Before I say mine, I feel like a good example of that is like Deathly WoW or even League of Legends. League of Legends for sure. There are people who they've committed a decade of their life to it, but they can't recommend it to anyone else because they're just used to the toxicity of that game. <laughs> oh, it's a game that I play that uh, I play the hell up. I can't recommend I don't think I could recommend. Ugh. I don't think I could recommend um, TF2 anymore. I never got into that. It's, like... a, it's fun. Um, like TF2, I think is a game like you can play and have a lot of fun. I know I have, but this day and age, at this point, I don't think so. I don't think I recommend anyone anymore. I don't got any hats. So Will I fit in with no hats? Yeah, there's that. Um. How's it? It's hard I'm just to assuming, game I'm just I can't assuming that game's too mature and like its meta is too far gone. That, that there's that too. Um, I gotta go down my. Is there a way to just go down your list of games you played the most? I think you can. Uh, if I look at like, I got my, I got Steam open, so I'm looking at Steam. I don't know if you've spent so much time on it. How can you not recommend it? 
And like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, that's if she's just okay, playing like trash. In some ways, I, I, in some ways, I would recommend Guitar Hero Three. It's just not, it's not high art. Yeah, you know if that makes sense. Like, it's not like, oh, everyone should experience this masterful experience. Like, nah, it's just I got really into this and it's, it's amazing, but I can't like make a general recommendation to the masses to play Guitar Hero Three in 2020. <laughs> well, that's true for sure. Like, I guess those are games that are aged out. So yeah, TF2 is a game that's aged out for sure. Uh, I'll if, I'm just thinking of a bunch of games that I could recommend. Damn it! What's a game I can't recommend? Uh, God help me! Help me, Jesus! Uh, oh, I can't. Looking at my list. Looking at my list of games. There's, there's got to be a way to look at the games list by, not just by activity, but how long you've played. Oh, playtime. Jeez, I spent 600 hours on Clicker Heroes? That, that's 600 hours, those are rookie numbers. You need to get those numbers up. That is an idle game, so... Uh... Yeah, well... Okay, I was going to say, Steam hours tracking isn't super accurate. Honestly, it like... isn't, because I've spent probably... I've spent way more hours than it says for a lot of these games I'm looking at here. Okay, like, for example... Uh, I have one idle game on Steam, and I don't, I don't really have a lot of stuff on Steam. I have one idle game on Steam. And I have apparently 4,000 hours in it just because I left it open for a year. Yeah, it's, that's idle. Yeah. <sighs> Can't think of like objectively, I couldn't recommend it evolve anymore at a point because they just developed it really badly. Uh, Man, I don't. Man, that's a hard question. That's a hard. Oh, Dead and Vidland. That's one. I can't recommend this game to anybody. <laughs> Dead in Vinland is a game I spent a ton of time playing, and it's a it's a labor of hatred for myself in a way for doing it. Dead in Vinland is a game where you're like four vi you're a Viking family stuck on an island, and the whole thing is just uh, you got to get resources, you got to craft things, you have to explore a map, you got to do all these different things. It's, it's just resource management, hardcore resource management, and the game takes dozens of hours to beat. I've spent at least 100 hours on this stupid game. I can't recommend this game to anybody despite spending so much time. But like, on. okay, but like, you like it though. It's one of your favorite games, yes? It's a. Like, that's I, kind of the dichotomy I'm looking there. The okay, okay, okay. So I'm I don't. I wouldn't say I like it, but it's a game that I've tried so hard to beat. <laughs> I've spent so much time trying to overcome this. This game is Sisyphus. That's what this game is. I cannot get that boulder over. But I spent so much time trying. So. You have to like it when you've done it that long, <laughs> or else what have you done? I don't know. Uh, it gets down to the like more nebulous of like you can't recommend this to everyone. Like I've played a lot of Total War games. And that's not for everyone. Okay, ironically, I played a lot of Shogun Total War, the first one from mm. like a million years ago. Yeah. Uh, originally, when I was a kid, I. Um, basically with tech so you could get ninjas that could assassinate enemy generals Ooh. and um and but like they're like even if they were amazing they had like a 50 percent success rate so they just died all the time and if you teched really high you could get geisha which had a 100 percent kill rate wow and so like as a kid we were just super into getting geisha and killing every single enemy general wow and what was weird, though, was it just like 
So we didn't invent, we didn't like invest in like making good armies. So we didn't have a good army and we just ended up killing all the enemy leaders. So it basically be us with our pathetic army and just an endless sea of like leaderless rebels. (laughs) It's like the game was really lame because we just like turtle and tech to geisha kill everyone's kill all the leadership with our geisha and then just really tediously have to conquer all of Japan against like AI-less rebels. And I don't know why we like to play that way, but that's how we like to do it. Wow. There was a cool animation of Geisha stabbing a general with her long hairpin. That's what we lived for. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Man, I don't... Man, you, you ask a hard question. You ask a hard question. You ask too much of me. Um, I'm, I'm, shit, I could just hit you with nasty first date questions if you want. What? Right, okay, so we lost, are... Lost Scarf. <laughs> yes. What are your aspirations for your life? Where do you want to see your life going? What are your goals for your life? How existential do we want to make that? All right, okay, 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 okay. okay. Real truth, it's, I want a goddamn family. I want my family in the first place. Not not Harrison Ford, I want my family back. I want to make one in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's a real aspirational goal. Of okay. So that's why I went out and did improv, just to mm-hmm. get out there and do more things. So that's mm-hmm. an aspirational goal. There's one. Um, also, to not die screaming, that might be a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you you want someone to uh, kill you, like a serial killer, to murder you by stuffing plastic bags down your throat? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, God, that's horrible. That's horrible. You are a muff. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, let's see. Yeah. You're looking for angles, I guess. No, really, it's aspiration goals. Have a family, because that's just something I want. Not everyone needs to have a family. Mm-hmm. But it's one I want. You beat you played Bioshock. You beat Bioshock. That ending got Bioshock, my ass. Bioshock Bioshock one, yeah. sure. That ending got my ass. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I want a family. And I'm getting the a- one the one where he nukes everything. <laughs> yes, yes, let's go with that one. Um Family's one. I would like I would like Honestly, it there is a bit of me that wants to be popular again. So I'd like to get that going. Even if I never get popular again, I'm not I'm not unhappy with what I've made, with what I've done. I probably preventing those suicides probably helped with that. But also because it's a creative outlet, so that helps as well. But it would be nice to be popular again and make money off this again. And then maybe there's a third thing is just, I don't know. Um hopefully still be happy at the end. That is existential as hell. What are your ideas for uh prestige content <laughs> you really want you really want that kirby video don't you you really want that one i think lost scarf should make uh clickbait endurance <laughs> editing videos where he does things like rank every kirby power from worst to best and it's like an hour and 20 minutes long because those are the kind of videos that i would click on that video <laughs> i would not i would not click on Here's a let's play of some obscure Kirby game. But I would click on here's the Kirby powers ranked 
from worst to best. I don't disagree. I think here's every Kirby level rank from worst to best. <laughs> oh god, that would be something. Here's every Kirby enemy rank from worst to best. I honestly, every Kirby song ranked from worst to best. Do those it. Those would be fun. I I don't have any problem with doing those. I just don't know when I would do those. But I just I still would rather do them in chunks than one big gigantic beast. No, all at once. <laughs> That's what people want to see. Also, you're bad at self-promoting. Watch. What's the name of this podcast again? Basically a podcast. <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to Basically a Podcast. Remember to leave us a five-star review on <laughs> Apple or iTunes. It really helps getting the word out about this amazing podcast. If you leave a question in your five-star review, we'll be doing a mailbag next week. So if you want to get your question read, leave that five-star review and give your question right there. We will answer literally anything. We have no shame. Five stars. <laughs> give it to me. Come on. Let's go. Maybe uh, one day we can afford an RSS feed. Let's do it. Ouch. You cut me deep. You cut me deep. But it's true. It's true. It's something. Honestly, talking. It's also this is on YouTube. Remember to like and subscribe <laughs> this video. Leave a comment down below. The robots need to be appeased. They want to see your comment. They don't care how dumb. Like do better true. than first. But just be like, wow, what an amazing guest. I uh, thank you for p providing this amazing content. Much love. Random commenter. <laughs> and we honest. will give it. We will give it a heart. <laughs> And give you attention, and we'll respond if you ask a direct question. And just maybe, maybe we'll give you a scheme, a Steam gift card to one random comment. You don't know. Do it. <laughs> uh, to be honest, uh, if anyone's this far in, do that. <laughs> if someone got this, there's at least two people I know who are hardcore enough to get through this entire thing. So you're appreciated, you two. Um, it's weird when you look at the analytics. And you like this like ten seconds. The, there's like videos with like thousands of views, and just people looked at the first ten seconds and they left. I'm like, what the hell? All right. Or they looked at the first like ten minutes and they left. It's weird when they just they're halfway through it and they didn't finish it. It's always odd to me, especially with like uh, I don't like gameplay stuff. Once a guide, I guess like well they got the information they wanted. I don't know. You're not wrong in the things you point out. It's things I should do better on. And is it making an excuse by just acknowledging it? I think it is. Like in politics, in anything, when people are like, you're right, you're right, we can do better on these things, and then they just, then nothing changes. Like even in the relationship where a boyfriend or girlfriend would be like, yeah, yeah, that what I did was effed up. And since I acknowledged it, we're good. Now we don't have to do anything. That's just a thing people do, huh? I mean, I mean, I mean, acknowledging it is better than not acknowledging true, it. True, true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I prefer apologies. It's nice when people can somewhat. It's annoying when people like their egos get in the way of just the true. bare basics of acknowledging their issues. True. Like, I don't know. There's kind of a degree of like, you know, if you, um, if you. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I just spaced here. Um, <laughs> oh, if okay, like if it's hard to come to someone and like confront them about their behavior, so even if the person is totally wrong, 
like they've totally misread what you were saying. They've wildly misinterpreted it or they have some weird sensitivity that literally no one else has that there's no way you could possibly have known about. If someone bothers to come to you and say, hey, you did this thing and it really bothered me. Um, like, I think it's like I like even if like the person's 100 percent wrong, it's hard for them to do that. And it's usually not that hard to like try and accommodate them. Yeah. Uh, even like I said, even if they're wrong, like whatever. I mean, you know, like a lot of people just never talk to you again, you know, or just like, well, like your friendship will just die or whatever. So, I mean, if someone's like bothering to talk to you about it, they value you enough to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. And the least you can do is kind of try, try, you know, try and accommodate them. And like, you know, from the other person's perspective, whatever it's sometimes it's hard to change your behavior sometimes if someone just tells you once so you might need to be reminded again but like you know i think it's you know i think you can do a good faith effort on both sides and eventually get better to a more tolerable place for everyone good point yeah that's true very true on that i don't disagree like yeah like the third thing yeah it's if i feel like ghosting so much easier these days to people so if they're not, if they're willing to say something instead of just ghosting you, that says something. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes for, I don't know. I don't know, dating actually gets ghosted so much, it's annoying. Just the age we live in on that one, I suppose. Just It's just easy to disconnect. I mean, girls get a lot more attention, so True. I mean, it's easier for them to get distracted. But if I ever ghost people or just like, I'm usually not ghosting them. I'm usually just like, forgetting and i went like hey if you message a second time it's like oh this person really likes me i should pay attention to them it's more of just like i don't know like it's just there's like so little investment early on it's easy to forget about people if that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know so in conclusion i don't know you could, <laughs> i don't know if you really if you were like honestly gave a crap and you messaged someone twice i wouldn't view it as desperate i'd be like oh i was neglecting this person i should totally this person is into me. They should totally pay attention more. Yeah. Uh, the, on the other side, uh, not that, but just think of another thing is just sometimes you do forget about people. You just forget. I have people I'm like, well, I haven't talked to this person in two years. What the hell? Or you're just like, hey, I should check up on this person. It's been two months. What the hell happened? Sometimes you just forget. Weird. Uh, I don't like connection and disconnection just seems a lot easier these days. Or maybe it's always been that way for people. They just uh, made a better habit of just keeping in contact. Uh, I think the world used to be a lot more boring. And also it made that, things like that easier. Like, it's a lot easier yeah. just to be to be constantly distracted. Like, That's if you were super true. bored, you would you would circle through everyone you know to hang out if you were really bored. That's a very good point. Yeah, there's so many distractions now. Like, I distract myself a lot of... If I'm not working, I'm making content for the channel. I do that a lot. I I have a a problem. (laughs) All right, so we're getting to the end of this thing. So, information on 2 Prime. Uh, (laughs) We got your YouTube. I'll put that (laughs) in the description. Uh, Put your game in the description with Congregate. (laughs) Freaking Congregate. Um, You want your Twitter on here? 
You're too prime. Real, it's real. It's real too prime, but I don't know. I don't. I don't really post actual things there. Okay, so we'll just put the YouTube and congregate. I guess. Yeah, I just think about it. your thumbnail is is uh, is beanball on YouTube. Your thumbnail because I own I own that art. Yeah. So just thinking, about it, I was like, "Oh, hey, there's a connection." Um. Okay, so we'll put that all out. And so we're ending this thing. So this has been basically a podcast, three hour podcast. This is gonna be fun to edit. Uh, I'll tell you what. You can, uh, you can like before you upload it, you can send it to me, and I'll listen to it once. Okay, we can see about that. That's fine. Um. I mean, not not necessarily to like. Uh, not like I'm like not trusting your editing, but whatever. I can just listen to it. Yeah, yeah. See if there's uh, anything. Anything obvious? Because it's hard to edit things. Oh yeah. Because uh, I'll definitely be listening to it while I don't know. Probably playing something. Because of course I will be. I'm not gonna just sit and listen to it. It's not like it's freaking uh, the Hamilton CD. So <laughs> I forgot I wanted to talk about Hamilton at some point. We never did. What Only- about Hamilton? Have you not been, have a Hamilton opinions. Have you seen it though? No. Okay, then it doesn't even matter. My parents, my parents watched it on Disney Plus and were singing its praises. Hmm. It's a well, it's a musical at the end of the day. It's whether or not you want to watch a musical. Oh, okay. My actual Hamilton opinion is um. Gonna, okay. Oh. Once upon a time, I saw this girl's online dating profile, mm-hmm. and she was listing um all of the uh all of the uh, music people she liked and she listed a bunch of rappers and they were all white. <laughs> I thought that was weird. And I think I messaged her. Why do you only exclusively like white rappers? <laughs> uh, and so, I don't know. There's definitely like a, a trend, a trope or I don't, know, I don't know if it's a trope, just the commonality and girl dating profiles would be like, yeah, I really like, um, I don't really like I like all music. I don't really like rap except for Hamilton. It's so good. You know, it's like <laughs> something like that. And uh, it really just reinforced that. Uh, I know I know the cast of Hamilton is not white, but it's some that's some rapping for white people. It's some hip hop for white people in Hamilton. It's more it's, it's less that it's I think it's more just that it's musical theater. So it's always going to come off that way. But like, you know, especially if you're really trying to, like, deliver some lyrics. Yeah. Uh, you, be, if you want white people to understand yeah. your rap lyrics it needs to be slow and uh it's gonna end up with like white person flow uh which i think i mean what you, i think hamilton's good but it still has like you can't like deliver the plot without like ending up with some really white person flow um that was and, the thing is i people kept saying there's rap i'm like this is there's no rap in this thing i never considered any of it rap but i like, guess it I guess you can consider some of it rap. Essentially, because I was trying to make my stupid videos, I'm basically trying to deliver jokes in a rap form. Like, it, it's very white person rap in yeah. terms of, hey, like, that's why I put the lyrics on the screen. So if I actually, like, have something that sounds good, but it's hard to understand, at least the lyrics are written out there, you know? Yeah. Um, just think about, um, like, you can just listen to the Hamilton soundtrack and you're good because it just does it in order and you've you've heard the entire thing because it is a very vocal thing you don't need to watch people dance 
you you get a good uh, understanding of what's going on in that musical. So you don't have to own Disney Plus, everyone. Great, Disney's going to get me now, but they're not going to know. But um, just okay. Example of okay. white person flow. How does a bastard orphan son of a whore and a Scotsman? <laughs> Drop in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by the prov. I can't even, you know, like that's that you know yeah. da 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 that is that is yeah they're not, not it's not, not like they're rapping. bone thugsing it yeah, yeah not rapping rap mm-hmm. yeah even even with the the faster flows it's still very I, I keep wanting to say legible but that's not the right word. Like, like you can, uh, you can tell what they're saying, basically. Like okay, basically, like what? Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, for the hip hop enthusiasts out there, but I think it's pre rakim Like if you listen to like Run DMC, like a lot, of, like even some Run DMC songs are Run DMC songs are pretty good. Beastie Boys is like this too, but it's like they just freaking shout the last word that rhymes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like these are not real lyrics, but you know, it's like. Something, something really mad. Something, something really <laughs> bad. Like that's the flow. Like I mean, it's not. I mean, those are a little more angry, but you know, you kind of end up. And, yeah. Now I got intergalactic in my head. Yeah. And okay, that was we were supposed to end. <laughs> people uh, need to know. Yes, people, people need, need to know. know these Hamilton hot takes by someone who's never seen it. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's. The funny thing is, it's uh, it's faux historians like, oh no, this can be really inaccurate. And actual historians are like, I'm just glad people are talking about Alexander Hamilton for once. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's good times. It's good times. Just it's worth watching. It's worth listening to. All right, okay, okay. All so right, everyone. Remember to leave a five star rating <laughs> on Apple tonight. To like and subscribe to this YouTube channel. Leave a comment below. Say that you got to this part. Join the notification squad by hitting that little bell. <laughs> Lost scarf, everybody. Woo! And two prime. All right. Thanks again, bye everybody. See you next time.